0: Hello and happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. This is episode 121. I'm Stephen Hill. He's Renfrey Deadman. Happy Thanksgiving, Renfrey. I know we're not... a. If you're listening to this, it's not actually Thanksgiving. I know we're not an American podcast, but... You know why I'm saying it,
1: don't you? <laughs> I do. I, I do know why you're saying it. Yeah. Um, um, there's a strange American contingent that is coming into this podcast somehow. And yeah. I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know how that's happened, but yes. She's
0: currently getting the old yams ready for me, for my life. We're recording this on the morning of the 26th, which is Thanksgiving. To Happy Thanksgiving to all our American listeners. Um, I just bought a uh, massive fuck off turkey. And I'm going to cut that in a minute. Yeah. i going to the what, shit out of that.
1: How big did you say it was? Four and a half kilos. Unbelievable. Between two of us, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's absurd. That get. That is absurd. Um,
0: I say two. Bonjour's just come down. Uh, oh, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure she'll get a little bit of turkey. Yeah. Well. I think she's so, going to have plenty of that turkey. Yeah, I, I think so. So what are we? We're having a turkey and we're having some weird uh, sweet potato, sweet potato marshmallows.
1: marshmallows. Yeah, with your sweet turkey. Sweet potato sure. green, uh, green bean casserole. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 um, no, 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 no! Sweet potato marshmallows. I don't, mate. I don't know that it's a real thing,
0: but we had it at Christmas last year. She tells me it's the, an American thing. I, don't, she's, <laughs> I think she's listening. She can hear me. But <laughs> um, <anyway>. I mean, <laughs> what?
1: I, I, uh, uh, uh,
0: I'm tempted to I bring tell it. you what. Right? Sweet potatoes are lovely. I do like marshmallows. Mm. Turkey's lovely. Gravy. It doesn't sound like it should work, but I have to say. With a sort of sweet gravy and some cranberry sauce, you get the right consistency on your fork. And it does actually... It does work against all the odds Mm -hmm. from Because I looked at it and I thought, this is mental. Especially like we're doing this green bean casserole, which is basically like marshmallows. Not marshmallows, sorry. Mushroom soup with just beans in it. Like, what's... That's not a casserole, is it? Anyway, but that's the sort of traditional thing. And with onions sprinkled on top, I was like, this is mental. This is just... It's like a four-year-old's
1: cooked this or something. But it's actually... (laughs) Actually, quite nice. That's just like American cuisine, really, isn't it? Just like a four-year-old. It is like American. Yeah,
0: American cuisine <laughs> is just like a sort of toddlers-made breakfast for their, um, for their for their dad on <laughs> Father's Day. Just chuck like loads, of <laughs> like Lucky Charms with bacon in it or something. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that's a, but, that sounds like the sort of thing America would
1: the, do. The, but there is like really, weird, like I remember um, when I was in the states, I um uh like I was see seeing people pouring maple syrup on their bacon. You know, yeah. And I was like, that is weird. And then I tried it. and I, was, oh, I, I know. I
0: oh, used, not used not like. to look at American breakfast like waffles and <laughs> chicken and go, waffles and chicken yeah, for breakfast. And then I had it. Yeah, yeah. I know, for breakfast yeah. as well. And then I had it and I was is, like, oh, is this is nice. the greatest yeah. country. <laughs> this is the greatest country in the world. <laughs> 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 so, um, yes. Anyway, hi, by the way. Thanks very much for tuning in. This is actually a music podcast. We haven't sort of turned into the the great British slag off. um on this week's show, we're going to be reviewing the latest albums from Billy Joe Armstrong, Hatebreed, Clutch, and Palm Reader. Before we go any further, we should say a big thank you to our friends at Signature Brew, who are fine supporters of the podcast. They are not adverse to using a, a myriad of different styles and flavors for their uh, their various. Um, I like it. Their various beers are they still waiting for that maple syrup beer though? Yeah, I mean, I don't think they've even promised that, i
1: mean, that alone made it. <laughs> well, Maybe they promised at it. <laughs> they promised it in my head just because we were talking about maple syrup. Maple syrup's great, isn't it? Sorry, I'm still on maple syrup. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I'm trying to go on about you know signature yes, Brew, sorry. Our friends who brew in the a you know since 2011 have been making. Lovely beers in the heart of hmm. East London. They recently uh, re-released like a kind of... Uh, the, uh, the closest thing, I guess, that you would do to a sort of vinyl reissue, they redid the Stylus beer,
1: oh, which is Stylus,
0: oh, obviously, puts on the needle. Yeah. They've brought that back by popular demand. Signaturebrew.co.uk and see their collaborative beers. That they've done with the likes of Mastodon, Enne Shikari, Jamie Lenman, Idols, Sports Team mogwai and the darkness which is the the latest one that darkness Mm. i I called it hell's bells last week like an idiot it's bells Bells end End. yeah i know hell's bells it's the first time anyone's ever mixed the acdc and the darkness (laughs) up ever (laughs) honestly um anyway yes they do a load of lovely beers and i've got a few that i'm probably gonna have with my weird turkey dinner later oh
1: lovely stuff
0: i might crack open uh what would go good with a turkey dinner um, and maybe a not. A, I was going to say a nightliner, but that's the coffee one. I that's the God, coffee you're add, water you're one. You're adding. Yeah. You're adding an extra bit mm. of um, something to there. the American, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Americans probably one.
1: probably put coffee on their turkey, though, don't they? I imagine crazy, probably, crazy. Yeah, no, it's, not, it's not sweet enough. Um, <laughs> that's I, <true. laughs> Coffee and sugar.
0: I might actually have the Darkness Bell's End beer with my turkey dinner because uh, it's delicious. Yeah lovely yeah. stuff anyway you can be if, if you, get, you know christmas is coming if you want to be like me uh in a month's time then you can <laughs> have a turkey dinner go to signaturebrew.co.uk order your darkness collab bells and beer and put the code riot act all one word lowercase in the checkout and you get 10% off I think i said that
1: yeah. You know all that? yeah, That's all yeah, the information, yeah. isn't it? That's all the Great. information. That's all we, the information. We, our obligation is done. Yeah. Amazing. We've got
0: what more do you want, Signature yeah. Brew? Stop <laughs> hounding us for more content. <laughs> <laughs> we should say they don't hound us. They're very they lovely. <laughs> <laughs> They're
1: really lovely. They just kind of let's go with it.
0: So yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks, guys. Uh, all right. Okay. Also, coming up on Monday on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash right act podcast, we will be having a... Another classic album, another double classic album, System of a Down, self titled debut album, and its rather successful follow up, Toxicity, go under the microscope. And we had a lovely time doing both of those albums. I think, as a little spoiler, um, I said the weirdest band ever to sell billions and billions of records. And I think they might well be.
1: There's a strong contender, yeah. Certainly, um, certainly in the metal realm.
0: Also, did a rioters review on uh, my vitriol this week, mm. and for free, uh, an old one on screaming trees. Screaming Sweet trees. oblivion yeah. went up as well, and uh, we should say I think the next rioters review we, we got we we kind of we'd been a bit like slapdash about what we we're going to do on rioters review, yes. so we've made a point of putting some like to the forefront of our mind. So yes. we have got a little run now where we have decided we're not going to, I won't tell you exactly what they are, uh, but we have got a little run where I uh, got a good run. I yeah, think. Yeah, really really good run. yeah. Yeah. Really, good ones. Yeah. Yeah. So that should be good. So as I said, go over to patreon.com forward slash right podcast and sign up for any amount for the right ears reviews or for a fiver a month to get two or four in this case, uh, classic albums for the month. Last week, Renfrey, we were talking about Hull and we said, Oh, what bands have split up uh, and not, Got back together. There's none left. Holer like the last one, and we were. How did you let me say that? And you didn't. uh, You didn't mention. People were tweeting us over the week. Loads of suggestions.
1: I knew full well they weren't. But why didn't you? Why didn't you say them last week? I was put on the spot.
0: Right. Yeah, but you're meant to be that. I'm the sort of carefree cat. You know, happy go lucky. (laughs) Say whatever comes. The first thing comes out of my head. You're supposed to be the calculated, knowing you should have had this. So I'm putting this on you. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, I'm, not yeah, really I'm putting it. this on you. Uh, all, right. But, all right. Um, all right. It's did, my fault, did. ladies and
1: gentlemen. I'm, I'm my it's your
0: fault that I threw you under the bus last week. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You yeah, weren't right. able to crawl your way out from behind its buckled
1: wheels. I'm um, quite, I'm quite upset that I didn't get my namesake REM. I mean, that was that was a big one. REM.
0: REM was probably the one where I went, oh fuck yeah, REM. <laughs> <laughs> That's fuck a really good point. yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. The weird um, thing so with REM, R- though, REM is a big. The
1: one. weird thing with REM is they had such a big run. I mean, they were together for a good god man. What how long was it? Thirty years? Thirty five, thirty years. Yeah, it's a yeah, long time. Yeah, yeah. So it, it feels like. Uh, I mean, this this sounds a little bit ageist in a way, but there's a part of me which is kind of like, well, if you wanted to see them, you probably saw them, kind of thing. But then, of course, there's people who've probably got into REM since then who haven't. So, um. Uh yeah, uh, do you think do you think an REM re- uh, reunion is inevitable?
0: No, I think it's inevitably not. I think R.E.M., the reason I don't think of R.E.M. is because, like you say, I feel like they did everything they needed to do and then they went. I think there's Mm. a very definite full stop to R.E.M. I think there's a lot of the bands that I did go, oh, yeah, well, obviously that would be a thing. And, oh, of course, yeah. And, you know, even the ones that have come back over the years, you've gone, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. It doesn't really make sense for R.E.M. to come back because I think they kind of, they existed post the Reformation boom, which I think a lot of the bands that did come back, they kind of, they were long gone. Um, by the time that big reformation, that Pixies reformation, uh, you know, gold rush that we spoke about happened. And REM was sort of still just about a band. Hmm. for you know, at least for a couple of years after that, you know, they did um, uh, Live 8 at Hyde Park, which was also 2005, which is when the Pixies would have been, you know, headlining Red in that year. So they were around around that time, weren't they? And I think there's a very, there is just a very definite full stop to REM. They've got an an absolutely stupendous back catalogue of music they've played every big festival and headlined every big festival and every big venue that they could ever possibly you know have played yeah. um it's a bit like i mean worse say pearl jam to split up tomorrow there's nothing really left for pearl jam to achieve so if 10 years down the line people are like oh we'd love a pearl jam reunion What's the point? They've got nothing to prove. You know, I don't mm. feel like R.E.M. have anything to prove to anyone. So, you know, Pixies came back because there are a lot of people who were clamouring to see this band that they'd never seen. There are bands who, they, you know, from Refuse to At The Drive-In to, you know, I, got, I spoke to Cormac Battle from Curb Dog for an upcoming YouTube thing. And they're a band whose profile has significantly risen in their absence. And I just don't think R.E.M. are one of those bands. They also had, a, like you say, a massive career. It doesn't seem... You know, it doesn't seem like they have anything to prove,
1: really. Well, that's almost why we didn't think of them, isn't it? You know, because Mm. like R.E.M. were so massive. They're not a band who are going to come back and be even more um, massiver. Mm. (laughs) That's a word. Uh, Because because they can't be because they were top of the tree. They headlined Glastonbury and they did. I mean, I saw when I saw them. I saw them in a stadium, you know. I can't mm. even remember which stadium it was now. But I just see them in a stadium, you know. So, like, yeah, I mean, it's a, they couldn't be bigger than they were when they split up. And they um, split up on a couple of good albums as well. Like, they had a period, I think, after kind of Up, uh, Reveal was sort of okay. And Around the Sun is a dreadful record. Really, mm. really bad. But uh, Accelerate and Collapse Into Now are actually both really good REM records. Mm. So, yeah. 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 So th- So they split up on a high, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 they did, and they've done. Like I say, you know, they're, they're, they've they've hu- comfortably cemented their places. You know, one of those top tier bands. Oasis was a pretty big one from people as well, and I did go, "Oh yeah, I suppose." But I guess because we've got Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds and we've got Liam Gallagher, and they're always playing Oasis songs. It's not like like with REM. You, where can you go to hear
1: REM songs? You know, live. A, yeah.
0: REM songs live. You, there isn't anyone doing them. Whereas those two, they're kind of. I mean, it's just people want to see Liam and Noel back on stage together. And I, I, I understand that. People also want to go and see Liam and Noel where they won't be hearing Noel Gallagher and Liam Gallagher songs. I think as well, Because <laughs> uh, that is a bit of a turn off, isn't it? Going, oh, I really want to see those Oasis songs. Just a bit of a shame that I've got to listen to that fucking Noel Gallagher cover of Bang Bang by Ricky Martin.
1: Uh, <laughs> I didn't I don't think I even knew about that. Uh um, oh, he didn't, it's not really
0: it's just one of his songs, it sounds like. Um, that uh... She bangs, she bangs. It sounds really? just like she bangs by okay. Ricky Martin. I, it's I, mental. I, I
1: don't think I, I think that one's passed me by, um but yeah. um Oh God, it's difficult for me to talk about Oasis, isn't it? But without getting really, really angry. um Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Yes, there are some people who want to see an Oasis reunion. People who don't like music. Uh- <laughs> well, I, I I like music,
0: and I'd would. I mean, I'd like to see Oasis. I've never seen them before. I'd like to. See, oh no, I have seen them before actually. I, that's it's how memorable they were live that I've actually seen them and I couldn't remember.
1: Okay, <laughs> well, um, well, I I didn't actually, and like yeah, would I've, I think I've said this before? Would I like to see Oasis live? Yes, but I'd like to see them live in a room by myself with no one else around me because. Um, uh, <laughs> And I don't think that, think that they're a bit more happen. popular than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the problem because um, I'm very much put off by uh, a massive wave of Oasis's fan base who, let's face mm. it, are twats, aren't they? So, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. So Oasis, we did forget. But then I think, again, it's sort of extr- extraneous circumstances to that. There's a few that I think are people who are still doing stuff. So you go, oh yeah, but they're sort of doing stuff. So uh, like Screaming Trees would, was an obvious one really. Mm-hmm. But then Scream we said any band that could headline Brixton, like a big band. I don't think Screaming Trees would come back and be able to play Brixton no. uh, as much as I would love to see it. We've also got and Mark Lanigan solo material. Uh, well, is- I was
1: about to say Mark Lanigan's solo is bigger than Screaming Trees ever were. Um, mm-hmm. But someone did posit what would Screaming Trees come back and play. I think... I think, I mean, I'm, I apologise if I've um, uh, misquoted you, but I think they said The Forum, which sounds mm.
0: about right to me. Yeah, I, I would I would say that would sound about right. Yeah, mm. for sure. Um, so there's screaming Trees, but then we've already got Mark Lanigan. There's The Jam, who was a great shout, I thought, but we've also got Paul Weller. I think Paul Weller is probably, at this point, is Paul Weller bigger than The Jam?
1: Well, he's I think bigger, cl- he's bigger yeah. than The Jam were. If the jam were to come back, I think if the jam were to come back, I think it'd be a pretty big deal.
0: I think it would be a very big deal. Yeah, yeah. I do. So there's that one. And, but again, Paul Weller, he bangs out a lot of jam songs, doesn't he? Um, you've got the Smiths. Was another one that I thought was blindingly, glaringly obvious mm. that we really should have thought about. Again, you know, Johnny Mars out playing a lot of Smith songs. Um, there's another guy in the band. Uh, I can't remember what his name is, but apparently he's Morrissey. solo as... <laughs> i think is that the guy yeah. <laughs> i feel like you're not allowed to talk about him anymore but um
1: <laughs> well it's there was a
0: they had some singer didn't they i can't remember what his, but is but he's kept it... a pretty low profile over the last sort of <laughs> 25 years
1: i wonder if um ov- obviously there's a lot of um uh not very nice things said about morrissey and you know probably a lot of them are quite fair um but i wonder you know i mean Axel Rose was just constantly like bombarded with like bad press and stuff like that for years and years and years, and then he reforms with you know half the original lineup, and everyone loves Axel Rose again now. So I wonder if that you know I wonder if people just yeah. forget if 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 a Smiths reunion happened, I wonder if people would just forget all that stuff. I think Axel
0: Rose was just sort of turning up a bit late and sort of saying I want some lamb or I'm not going on stage. Whereas what Morrissey's done. It's a little bit worse than that.
1: Well, to be perfectly
0: honest. Well, but, you know, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, that, that is a good point. But the only thing I'd counter that with is, you know, going back to the early days of guns, there were controversy. I mean, I hate bringing it up because I love Guns N' Roses and I don't like talking about this part, but you know, the, the one in a million controversy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so there are right,
0: you know Traditional um, controversy doesn't matter in 2020, though. That is what I would say. Like, I'm not being flippant there. I do think people just go, I oh, will. That's not happening right in front of my face right now. So, well, fuck it. Do maybe. you know what I mean? I do. I do think. Whereas Morrissey is constantly like alienating himself from the, a big portion of his fan base all the time. Right now, as we speak.
1: I mean, he certainly does it over and over and over again. And Axel seemed to more or less learn Just from keep, his mistakes. Uh, you never
0: heard anything from Axel Rose at all. No, no, over that period. I mean, you know, Morrissey's like bleating that he's been dropped for you know because he's not a fucking i don't, I don't, even, I don't even know anyway uh talking heads was a fucking massive one i know they reformed very briefly for their induction into the rock and roll hall of fame but that's going back a long time mm. and but again david byrne is out
1: playing those songs they're big aren't they they're
0: fucking i mean that fucking would be huge. massive a talking heads reunion would be fucking massive
1: what do you think we're talking it's a little bit difficult what are we talking with talking heads um size wise in terms of uh, oh, they've gotta
0: be arenas oh two
1: I was going to say at least arenas, yeah, surely, yeah. probably. I wonder if they could yeah. do stadiums. Who knows? I don't.
0: Know. That might be a bit of a stretch, I reckon. But do I think, think O so? two for sure, yeah. Okay. Right. Um, of other ones of people who are sort of around, like White Zombie. Do people need White Zombie when you got Rob Zombie with Jay? I mean, it's you just you just want Sean on bass, really, don't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, he plays all those songs and. I don't I think, you know, going to see Rob Zombie but going he's not gonna play Dracula and he's not gonna play Living Dead Girl and do you know what I mean? I'd just be like, Well, I don't need that. I mean I, I get it, like I'd like to see oh, it's the four people who did that and just hear music from those two albums. But at this point, Rob Zombie is probably bigger, or at least as big as White Zombie ever were.
1: Oh, he's definitely probably, probably he's bigger. Definitely actually. bigger. I mean, I remember seeing yeah. Rob Zombie at Brixton and I don't think White Zombie would have ever been able to play Brixton. Mm. I don't. I don't know. I no. I, they
0: did. They did play Brixton. Did they? They oh, were around well, the Brixton. So, I mean, in in America, co-headlining with Pantera in arenas.
1: Fuck. Wow. Okay. I massively underestimated how big White yeah. Zombie were. Well, they,
0: that, one of the last things they ever did was they played the They closed the MTV Music Awards one year, playing oh, more oh. human than human.
1: Okay. Fucking great. Okay, fair enough. They're, um, They're pretty big. But, you know, Rob Zombie, I mean, they did... I mean, I I didn't see this, and I think they only did it once or twice in America, but they did um, oh, the last White Zombie album, Astro Creep 2000 in full, didn't they, yeah. Rob Zombie? You know? Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like, well, you know, you can sort of see it. Mm. Um,
0: it. White Stripes would probably be a big one. Again, Jack White is gone off and done his own solo career which i probably is not as big as white stripes their biggest um i don't know if he does white stripes songs in his set i'm not entirely sure uh
1: i think he does when he he probably would do when the mood takes him yeah yeah yeah. i mean jack white's one of those artists who basically makes up the set as he goes along so i think he just does what he wants to um Mm. I'd love to see White Stripes again. Um, because yeah. they were a fucking great live band and I yeah. only got got to see them once. Um and um I like Jack White's solo stuff, but it's just never ignited the same thing. I know there's some people I know who absolutely adore Jack White's solo stuff, even you know, probably prefer it to White Stripes, but it's never I really
0: loved Lazaretto. I thought it was fucking great. Yeah. I I, yeah. I,
1: I always kind of admire what he does but i've never loved what he does solo mm. i probably need to give it more just listen to it more but um
0: lazaretto yeah. i would say is really really worth going in on it's fucking great um but yeah white stripe i would i mean a whole set of that run of um from sort of white blood cells through to um uh what was the the uh icky thump, icky thump yeah yeah like i think would be like that's that's the fucking that's the dream, innit? Yeah. Um, what else have we got here, Ruben? I mean, as if they'd be playing Brixton, not a chance.
1: Problem. They wouldn't be
0: playing know. the Forum. Ruben wouldn't get. Enough. I doubt they could sell out. I mean, they, well, they couldn't fill the Forum. You're looking at you're looking at the Scala for Ruben, aren't you? You're looking at a thousand an Electric Ballroom, a thousand cap tops. I reckon.
1: I mean, well, they just
0: were never that big. Well, they.
1: I mean, I did the last Ruben's show I saw was at the Electric Ballroom. And I think it was sold out. So um, I, I reckon they do forum at least. It's not going to happen anyway. So it's. No, weird. that isn't going to happen. And
0: Jamie's solo material is really, really great. Yeah. Uh, Cocktooth Twins is another one. Apparently, Cocktooth Twins were going to reform to support Coldplay, which. At, at yeah. the, and it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. um, somebody asked us about Cocktooth Twins, and we will go in on Cocteau Twins, I reckon, one day. Yes. Because they're a fucking really, really interesting band. And they're a band, I mean, you know, 80s band. Obviously, I'm going to like that, aren't I? Uh, I got into them through the Deftones cover of Wax and Wayne.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. I mm. um, have actually been uh, listening to a lot of Cocteau Twins quite recently, actually. Um, because right. uh, after our John Z review... Uh, where we were talking about Cocteau Twins quite a bit there and Mm -hmm. it made me go back to Cocteau Twins. I was like, oh, I like Cocteau Twins a lot more than I thought I did." So yes, I'm sure we'll do that at some
0: point. (laughs) Operation Ivy has got a bit of the Caius thing about it. Mm -hmm. Rancid are far bigger than Operation Mm -hmm. Ivy Mm -hmm. ever were. So uh, there's no reason for that to happen. Um, Type of negative, that just can't happen. Like that's not, it's not going to be type of negative ever. Uh, There are some people that, I mean... I know we talked about Alice in Chains a lot and how, oh, it was a real surprise when they managed to... But the idea that you could replace Peter Steele is just totally and utterly ludicrous. No. Nobody would be capable of doing that.
1: Yeah, I, Nobody. I, I, I wouldn't want to see it. No,
0: not at all. There are a few... I mean, people said there are a couple like Black Flag and Dead Kennedys, but with Jello Biafra and Henry Rollins. Now, the thing with are is in some sort of incarnation... Those bands currently do exist and they have reformed, just mm-hmm. not with those particular people. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of going to say that they don't really count. Um, yes, Black Flag with Henry Rollins would be great. Yes, seeing Jello Biafra with the Dead Kennedys would be great possibly I'm not really sure I'm not really having, sure with either of them to be having honest Having seen
1: Dead Kennedy's last summer I'm not convinced it would be to be honest <laughs>
0: yeah I think those things are best left in the past to yeah. be perfectly honest yeah. I mean and we mentioned food guys in you know, it minor threat or another one that's just like wow well, I just I'm not sure that that's ever going to happen mm. um strapping young lads that wouldn't feel brixton I don't think or would it Do you know feel brixton
1: Oof. well Devon himself uh, has done Brixton, but only as a co-headliner with Meshuggah. Mm. Um, I don't think Strapping are. I think it's another case of Devon's actually bigger than Strapping.
0: Yeah, that's you know? why I would. I would think. Yeah, I think there are people like myself who hark back to Strapping Young Lad and go. I, I, you know, I love. I mean, we, Empath was in my top twenty albums last year. It stayed with me and continues to get better as the as the yeah. time progresses. Empires. It's brilliant. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. And shit like, you know, we did Ocean Machine last year, and it's wow, gr- such a great album. I think Devin's got he's got so much stuff that I don't really want him to limit himself just to be... Like, as much as no. it would be great, great to see a Strapping Young Lad set, I think actually I don't really... Maybe that's why I didn't think of it, because I don't really want him to limit himself to just...
1: Well, exactly.
0: The last one I was going to mention, which... <laughs> you would think I would have thought of, but then I don't count this either, Sepultura. Now, Mm. Sepultura, they basically are, you've got Max and Igor who started Sepultura doing all the Sepultura albums together under their own name. So you can see that whenever you want to see it. Yeah, And you've got actual, I'm saying actual Sepultura, you've got the current incarnation of Sepultura who have been Sepultura for nearly twice as long as... Max was in the band at this point. Derek Green has released, I think, more albums. I'm sure must be more albums. Yeah, it is more albums than Max has released uh, under the name of Sepultura. So they're a completely different band at this point. That reunion is long gone. It's gone. Oh, yeah. 10, 15 years ago, yeah. 10, 15 years ago, I mean, probably more than 10, more like 15 years ago, really. I think people would have been well up for it i think it would have been a, it could have been a possibility and i think it would have been genuinely exciting at this point i don't see the point they obviously don't get on it's obviously not really going to happen um you can see those songs being played by either band all the fucking time yeah i mean obviously not right now you can't see anything right now but you know for me sepulture is an absolute moot point they're still a band yeah
1: yeah i agree you know doesn't
0: count Yep. Sorry, whoever said that. Uh, I'm not mugging you off at all. Don't worry about it. I mean, it's not the worst suggestion because it would be cool to see to have seen that. But I just think it's it's gone. Anyway, there you go. A few uh, that we missed last week. That's turned into quite a good bit of content, hasn't mm. it, Renfrey?
1: Good content. <laughs> good content. Great
0: content. Um, we do a couple before we do any album reviews and get into the album reviews. I just want to say, um, friend of the show, Matt Stocks. Uh, came on a few months ago talking about his book that he's got coming out, The Life in the Stocks book, which is out on the 29th of December on Rare Bird. Um Matt sent me the book, like a sort of transcription of the, not a, trans- not a transcription, he sent me a, a PDF. PDF of the PDF bu- of the book. And I've been reading it and I just wanted to bring it up because it's really great. I'm, I'm going to say this a few times in this episode, but I'm very, very proud of my friend for for doing this and um and i uh, implore you all to pre-order matt's book it's our rare bird as i said the 29th of december um it's really really good it's essentially you know i think as matt said on the show it's a load of um kind of transcribed pieces the sort of best bits from the various interviews that matt's done with some of his american guests uh over the years there's a lot of stuff that i because i've listened to a lot of the podcasts, i was i read the book and i kind of remember this but when you see some of those stories in like stark oh yeah fuck me like you know Mm. he he does such a good job of getting stuff out of people that they don't they're not normally willing to sort of to say in interviews and then Mm. to have that written down you actually see it you go fucking hell like that's quite a good it's quite an amazing skill to get that personal amount of sort of material out people it's really good well done matt well done! I'm really chuffed that you've um, been able to get this book out. It's really, really cool. So, like I say, the life and stocks book is out on the 29th of December on Rare Bird Books, um, and I thoroughly recommend it.
1: Published author Matt Stocks, crazy
0: oh, stuff. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's really good. Mm. Um, shall I talk about architects uh, quickly? Go on. Architects live from the Royal (coughs) Albert Hall. That happened last week. It seems like it's um, gone down pretty well.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, let's preface this by saying um, my timeline kind of blew up with people going absolutely crazy about this um, stream. Um, It seems like people have very low uh, expectations. (laughs) I think they do. Okay, now listen, right.
0: We've had this kind of back and forth about architects on this podcast yeah. a lot haven't we yeah because i i love them i absolutely love architects i think you know i've constantly compared them to the very 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 best bands mm. and, and i think they're I've one also, of the
1: most overrated bands of the 21st century <laughs>
0: and you're entitled to that opinion <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah yeah of course and um you know as I am entitled to mine, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was I was, and just, I was just providing the counterpoint. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah of course, yeah. and uh, so you know, I was excited by this because I think you know we've spoken about how I mean, let's not even use the Code Orange example because it's probably getting a bit dull for a lot of people now. But just have that in your head is how much we like the Code Orange stream. <laughs> you know, we and what we said before about you know the there are a lot of bands who have been doing these live streams and. It does. I can't get over the fact that it bugs me that it's not live. Like it's really difficult to accept that you would just play live and film yourself playing live and that be the end of it and just and charge people money for it. I don't think that's. I don't think that's cool. Like, and I've said that a lot on this show, so I'm not going to go through it again. It, It didn't happen live there then in the moment. So for me, what I expected with a band like Architects, who I would hold up, you know, to the standard of somebody like. Um, what other good streams like Pussifer the fact that Pussifer did so much weird shit with their that you were talking about their live stream Code Orange who we've spoken about ad infinitum mainly Biffy Clyro Mm. who played their brand new album in full and and made it feel like a like a genuinely like an event unique event yes something incredibly different from just standing on that stage and playing their shows now for the record Architects Live are a formidable Fantastic live band. They are incredibly good musicians. They are spectacularly tight. Sam has one of the most breathtaking voices, certainly, comfortably. From that scene of bands, he is head and shoulders above everyone, and they sounded brilliant. They looked great. It was filmed very professionally. The start, where Sam walked through the corridors of the Royal Albert Hall and around the Royal Albert Hall from the outside, into the centre of the Royal Albert Hall where the fans usually were and then peeled out the start of Nihilist, you know, that big scream at the start and the band came in. I was like, wow, this is going to be great. And then he walked up onto the stage and he stood on his podium alongside his bandmates and what we got essentially was architects playing live to an empty room and that room happened to be the Royal Albert Hall. Now, that might be enough for some people. But if you're gonna be, if you are gonna be one of the very, 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 very best bands, I mean, the absolute top tier, top range bands. I mean, you look at like I didn't see the Metallica stream, but I've heard that Metallica were, you know, they did an acoustic set and they reworked their songs. Yeah, and they were doing it live and they were interacting with the video wall. And they do that because that's why they're one of the best bands in the fucking world ever. Mm. Because they thought, what can we do to make ourselves stand out from everybody else? Getting out Let's of your comfort this. zone. I think that's Get out the key. Yeah, out of your comfort thing. zone. Use the take your imagination and go right. And a banner architects, I would imagine, they're not going to have the same budget as Metallica. They're probably not going to have the same budget as Biffy Clyro. They're certainly going to have a similar budget to somebody like Pussifer. Certainly more than Code Orange. Certainly more than the other people that we've talked about, like No Effects and um, you know Mister Bungle and the Bronx and um, and. You know, all those other bands that we have spoken about on their various live streams, probably more so than Trivium. Mm. I mean, Trivium didn't do much more, but Trivium, they were actually doing that live. That was happening live right there. It broke down, went to, you know, the fucking kick drum broke, and you go, okay, I'm watching this live. What else can you do apart from play live if it's actually happening there and then? But that's not what architects are doing. Ergo, I want something more from that. If you want to be thought of as one of the absolute top-tier best bands and that is the company in which i believe architects deserve to be considered i was very disappointed that they all they did was stand there and play live very very disappointed i
1: think my i I didn't watch this stream so i'm not commenting on the stream uh, specifically but i think my argument against architects has always been they have been um put up there with the top tier metal axe and yet in terms of imagination um they're severely lacking they just never do anything that's particularly interesting i think and you did say something to me privately which i thought was quite interesting um i've talked about the wembley arena architect show that i saw where i thought the show was just really boring i mean really rudimentary kind of like basic bitch stuff um just like having a few pyros go off at certain moments and i just i just think like you could do so much more with that if you actually had some creative imagination behind what you were doing. But I just don't see any of that in architects at all. At and do you know stage. what? I,
0: I would always have agreed with you before. I, I disagreed Disgreed. with you before and gone. No, 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 no. I think there's this. And, and I think there is a hell of a lot of, I mean, it's the the emotional pull of what architects do Mm-mm. is massive. And I think they they succeed on a, far grander scale because of that i mean they have that far more than any of their contemporaries and any of the bands in that kind of scene at all
1: even that emotional pull is through circumstances that would be on their control i think
0: not always i think that existed i mean i'm i'm going back i'm predating this back to even hollow crown era architects i think they were doing things that just felt a little bit more human than a lot of the bands that were surrounding them at that time. I I do, I do genuinely think that, but in, on this occasion, I find it quite hard to argue the toss with you that what we didn't just see was let's set up and play. Mm. And that, you know, when you're that good a live band and they are a great live band, that's going to be enough for a lot of people, but you can't unsee what I saw on Oh, the I Code Orange, the Biffy Clyro stream. I can't unsee that. I know what the standard is now, and I can't, I can't unsee how good that was. Or, behem- I want or behemoth, those, even. Or behemoth, or um, you know, there there are a fair few. There aren't many examples, but it's it's telling that the examples that we bring up are bands who are the fucking masters. Do you know what I mean? And I just thought, well if behemoth can do that and biffy can do that code orange can do that and what i'd heard about metallica metallica can do that i wonder what architects are going to do and what architects did was pretty much the same as what everybody else did they just played live you know i i would have expected a little bit more mm. personally so well, i was a little bit dis- i was pretty i was a little bit disappointed I not think- in their performance but in you know <laughs> what they chose to do in such incredible surroundings as well just just it being the royal albert hall was it's not really enough. For me, it's not though. enough.
1: No, it's not enough at all. And I think um, when you have when you're a band that have the resources that they do, it's just kind of it's either lazy or it just shows a severe lack of imagination. We're about to talk about Palm Reader in a moment, and um, uh, we'll talk about the Palm Reader stream a little bit within their review as well. And Palm Reader couldn't do much more than just play those songs live, but then Palm Reader are a band who have an extraordinarily limited budget and are very very like i i and 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 i you have to give some you know you can't you can't expect a band like that to put on this big big massive show and all that kind of thing well, I, so
0: well incompatible like, I'll, I'll say this palm readers live stream and architects live stream were basically exactly the same right except one cost twice as much yeah. and one didn't present itself as a live film palm reader said a live film palm reader a live film from so they didn't kind of say it's a live stream it's happening Mm. live and i still feel a little bit a a cheat is not the right word but i feel like that's you know recorded live is not the same as live
1: yeah i mean well we've gone over this we've done this this doesn't bother me at all but um yeah um but i i don't know yeah i think i i think this is this is exactly why i just think architects have just massively you know emperor's new clothes kind of thing i just i don't see any imagination in that band and even the um even them taking a new direction i mean everyone's commented on how that new song just sounds like bring me the horizon um you know um who knows maybe the album sounds exactly like bring me the horizon as well i couldn't possibly comment (laughs) but you know there are murmurings (laughs) um we'll see Mm. in february i suppose but yeah
0: yeah we'll see i mean you know it's in in the in the grand scheme of things (laughs) like you know how it makes me feel about architects it's not really changed how i feel about their music or them Mm. as a band um it's just you know i think if you hold something to high standards then you have to hold them to high standards and surely I you know I would imagine they would rather be held to the standards of bands like Biffy Clyro and Code Orange and they would be held to standards of no effects well they're yeah. an
1: arena band so that, that yeah. so those are the standards they should I mean they have played arenas and they've done yeah. Ali Pally and they've done Wembley Arena so yes those are the standards they should be held to and yeah. they are severely lacking well, you didn't see the stream, so let's not get too ahead of ourselves here, M 3 I'm not I'm fucking. Just saying talking that. about their career as a whole, severely lucky. But anyway, let's carry on.
0: I mean, I can't agree with that, but fair enough. All right, let's do some reviews. Let's start. Um now we should say we didn't get sent the Smash and Pumpkins album. Oh, Billy. Is Billy. it because we slagged off is it because of Wembley? What we said about Wembley? Is that why? <laughs> oh, they still days. hasn't got
1: over. <laughs> Dude, i can imagine i can we. imagine billy just being like don't send it to the riot act podcast <laughs> i can't stand what they say to me yeah He's... we love
0: you billy we love you and you love your band
1: i love billy i think i mean f- f- as as contentious and annoying as he can be i think billy is a phenomenal phenomenal yeah musician. And it's a
0: shame because we're going to be doing our albums of the year next week so we're not even going to get a chance to review the smashing pumpkins album which is a real uh. bum Uh, We might do it... I mean, a little heads up. McCartney 2 comes out at the end of December. So maybe we'll do a special paul mccartney smashing pumpkins review show
1: for you there's actually like there's actually a whole bunch of stuff out sorry, mccartney 3 sorry mccartney, McCartney three, 3 there's a two. whole bunch of stuff out next week which i'm really quite sad that we're not going to get to do um and even the week after it's ridiculous um but there's a new Cigarose album out next week which is ridiculous the gone is gone album um i mean uh, spoiler alert you said that it's very good for God's
0: God. it's fucking great that yeah, album yeah. yeah there we yeah, go I really like that
1: yeah, um, it's good Deftone's Black Stallion you know we're not going to be able to cover that which I really want to cover because it's so much better than I thought it would be well um, if
0: you get if you get the new issue of Metal Hammer I go fucking mad <laughs> but not in this the forthcoming issue of Metal Hammer I go absolutely mad for Black Stallion it's like since we're not going to review it we should just say It's fucking, it's so great. And they're releasing um, a a vinyl White Pony Black Stallion pack in Mm. April next year, I think, which I've already pre-ordered because I have to have that. uh, It's amazing. Mm. It's Mm. one of the best, like, um, remix albums Ever.
1: I have no love for remix albums whatsoever. And when I got the promo through for Black Stallion, I was like, Oh, okay, that'll be nice. Mm. Had a listen to it and I, I have not stopped listening to it since I got the promo. I think it is fucking yeah. amazing. But we can't talk I, about that right now, can we?
0: Well we have. <laughs> we so, just have. We do what we like. Yeah. Um so we didn't get sent smashing pumpkins. There are still Clutch, Billy Joe Armstrong. Hate breed, big big bands, like you know, sizable bands for us to be covering this week. But we are gonna start our reviews with Sleepless by Palm Reader, the fourth album from the woking hardcore quintet, the follow-up to 2018's Braille. Um, we as a pairing and individually I've been pretty positive about Palm Reader for a very, very long time since the early days of this podcast and I have been going on about this band since before they had an album out. I mean, if you uh, have been aware of my opinions for pretty much the last decade, I think it's sort of 2012, uh, I got uh, the first sort of EP by Palm Reader and I thought this is pretty promising and I went to see them in front of like one other person when they are sporting some band in 2012, and I've seen them uncalculable amount of times, a lot of times. And I have really, really loved pretty much everything that they have ever done. And I appreciate there must be people out there who are getting a bit kind of fatigued and cynical about the fact that i just keep going on about how great palm reader all the time which is why i only drop it occasionally now
1: i think we have to give credit where it's due i mean i think i think you were the first person in a um, journalistic sense to jump on palm reader i think most i think they'd probably agree with that and uh i think you brought them to a lot of people's attention back in the early days i certainly heard about palm reader first through your ramblings about them so uh, well done, Steve. And I'm I only, right. only saying that because I knew that Steve wouldn't, but um, I think that's fair to say. Um, yes, the thing with Palm Reader is um, they were a great band back then in this sort of bad weather days and all that sort of thing, and their debut album. But they have continued to progress and get better. And um, in terms of bands sort of not stagnating and releasing the same record over and over and over again, architects uh palm reader have done an extraordinary job when you consider i mean if you go from bad weather to this new record sleepless they almost sound like totally different bands um in Mm. a weird way and yet have retained enough of um an identifiable edge to mark them out as palm reader
0: yeah i think that's absolutely true um and i think i mean again that so Well, as you say, this now like I thought Bad Weather was a really good debut album from a young British hardcore band at a time where it felt like there were quite a lot of good young British hardcore bands coming along. And then I thought, besides the ones we love, which was the follow up to it in 2015, was pretty much that sound and that style taken to its logical conclusion. I think I said at the time, if you consider Orchestra of Wolves some sort of starting point Mm. for... For sort of British hardcore, besides the ones we love, really felt like a full stop to me. There was a whole bunch of stuff between those two records in a sort of what would that have been a nine, ten year, yeah, ten ten year period, um, and I don't think anything came out that those that they feel like bookends of a scene to me. Like I really, really. Really love besides the ones we love. I think it's a fucking brilliant record of that style. Yes, I just thought that no one's ever gonna make a record that in this style that's any better than that. Do you know what I mean? And we'd seen the, the kind of post Gallows British hardcore punk underground heavy music movement sort of rise up, and a load of bands had come along, and you know you probably have a bunch of them in your head, were you around at that time, kind of swirling around your head right now as I sort of talk about them. But I really felt like when I heard that, well, that's done now, isn't it? That's kind of, I don't really know what anyone else is meant to do with that particular type of music because this record is so fucking good. Um, And that's why I was really happy that when Braille came out, they did take uh, a sort of sidestep, a different direction. Mm. I don't think the quality of um, their music dipped at all. And I think Braille added a lot of things to their sound that I probably couldn't ever have have envisaged uh, when I first heard them in 2012, when I was first seeing them in 2012.
1: But that's exactly it, isn't it? You want bands to progress to a point where you go, I could never have imagined that um, they would have done this without done this sort of style or put this kind of texture in or put this kind of melodic line in um, and yet still retain the essence of what that band is Um, and palm reader have very quietly been doing that for their entire career. This is a band who is 10 years old now. They're in their um 2020 is actually their 10th year as a band. Uh there's a song on the end of this um album which is exactly about that the uh, uh the rope song. <laughs> the rope song. <laughs> Pathetic. The both ends of the rope. Thank you very much. Um uh you know, so they've been doing that very quietly and with you know, not a lot of support from uh people like us I I, sometimes I feel like it's just me and you who are like shouting about this band um in in this industry and I don't really fully understand why because Palm Reader release upon release upon release have got better and improved and I think there's this disgusting thing that happens in this industry where and it's and it's all walks of music that by the time a band gets to the third album or a fourth album it doesn't matter if they're improving or not um they're just seen as uh old hat oh well, well part it, of the furniture yeah it's not exciting i've i've seen that i've heard that before and it is in in a case like palm reader it is really uh, it's an awful awful thing because palm reader are doing things on sleepless and they were doing things on braille as well that bands just simply wouldn't be capable of doing on their first record there's Mm. a craft i don't think when when listening back to bad weather and less so beside the ones we love but the word song craft wouldn't have come up all that much and that's not an insult on those records those are really good records but you wouldn't think of the songs on those records as, as being crafted beautifully you know um I, that's not the case with braille and it's certainly not the case with sleepless there are some beautifully crafted songs on this Well, record. before
0: we before we sorry. get into yeah. this particular record sorry um i just want to say uh i really loved braille as well i mean i thought braille was fucking excellent and it was excellent in a a, a more impressive way than really the other stuff they had done before it was um, in
1: both of our top 20s it may have yep. even been in our top both tens, of our 10s yeah mm-hmm. it may have even been our top 10s mm. and um i also recall us saying at the time wh- where on earth are they going to go from here how on earth are they going to better this it's going to be a hell of a task to do that
0: it did but also I gave the I gave <laughs> I don't think they were I think they were a little bit disappointed with this, but I gave Braille seven out of ten in oh, Metal Hammer. They
1: hate you. They hate you for that.
0: Right? I gave it <laughs> seven out of ten. And at the time, I think they're a bit like, come on man, seven out of ten. Seven out of ten is a fucking harsh score for that. I'm hey, a harsh marker.
1: I, I mean I I I mad. I, I <laughs> was it wasn't it one of your um Wasn't it one of your, oh, this is a great record, but you won't like it, you metal hammer. No, 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 it wasn't. No, (laughs) it wasn't. What it was is this is
0: a brand new thing that they're doing Hmm. and they're really, really fucking good at it. But to me, it's like you're now entering the realms of bands like Cult of Luna, Deftones. There's a lot of cave in, like there's a lot of bands who, you know, that suddenly I was like, all right, well, I'm not comparing Braille to the new Feed the Rhino album anymore. I'm comparing braille to white pony and I'm comparing it to vertical and I'm comparing it to like crack the sky and shit Mm. like that. Do you know Mm. what I mean? Mm. And you know, and Jupiter Mm. and that is a far higher bar. Now my argument in that, and I had to be, I mean, I think there's a part of me that was like, people know that I just go, Oh my God, Palm meter incredible. So I felt like if I just said it again, you can't keep saying that same thing over and over again in the same way. And people just go, yeah, but you say that's all you ever say. So I felt like I had to sort of go, okay, well next time around, because you know, as great as Braille is, it's not white pony. It's not Jupiter. Like it's great, but mm-hmm. it's not, it's not that standard. And this album, I mean, I think people will go, well, yeah, obviously you said it every time. And that's why I'm trying to say it differently. I mean, like I say, you may be a bit fatigued with me saying it, but this is comfortably, comfortably, easily the best palm reader album. Oh, by a mile. I think by some considerable distance. And that's why I look back at that review of Braille and go, see, I was (laughs) right. I was right because Braille does sound like a seven compared to sleepless
1: oh yeah okay okay yeah there is something in that there is something in that um one thing i would say i mean yes um comparisons to white pony on braille um i would kind of go yeah i can see what you're saying but like in terms of quality you know it's still not anywhere near a white pony kind of level The gap is much, 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 much smaller with Sleepless, isn't it? Mm. I mean, comparisons to White Pony don't seem ridiculous at all. And it's funny because so many many people, so many of our contemporaries, and so many people around us would just bulk and go, Oh, that's ridiculous. But no, listen to the fucking record. Comparisons to White Pony aren't ridiculous at all. That's the quality that we are talking about with this band now.
0: And I mean, <laughs> I have to say, right? I mean, we we really, really loved that late that last Deftones album that came out, Ohms. Um, this is better than that. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: undoubtedly. I this is.
0: This is uh, I say that with absolutely no hesitation at all. No, this is better than the new Deftones record. Yeah yeah, 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 it is. It yeah. really is um objectively
1: my favorite word yeah all right well explain
0: objectively why that is true because you've been throwing the old objectively thing around for a while because step up renfrey
1: because um well for starters this is the best record that palm reader have released and oms is not the best record that deftones have released um Deftones, uh oms is kind of like a con continued it's it's the it's the, a formula that we are familiar with, with some sort of subtle kind of changes and some subtle um, differences. There's some more synth and more kind of stuff from Delegado on the Deftones record. And it is very, mm. very good. It's a, it's a very, very good record. But um, Sleepless has taken Palm Reader even further than they've ever been before. And... I mean, I did the review for this for Metal Hammer and I gave it a 9 out of 10. And I kind of tried to make the point that, you know, Palm Reader used to be frequently described as the UK's answer to the Dillinger escape plan. But now the um, the influences that we should be talking about with Palm Reader are stuff like Radiohead and Mogwai. And yet they still have that there are still glimpses of that UK answer to Dillinger Escape Plan, a song like Stay mm-hmm. Down, which um, is, Stay Down is the most kind of old school palm reader type song on this record. And as a result, in my opinion, it's the worst song on the record. And Stay Down's, like, don't get me wrong, Stay Down's a fucking massive tune. It's great. I mean, if, <laughs> you won't hear
0: a bigger riff from a hardcore band this year. No, it is the groove. It's gut and and what I mean, I I I love stay down. I don't think it's the, one of the highlights of the records by any stretch of the imagination. No. Is it the worst? I don't know. Um, it's certainly not one of the highlights of the record. I can. I, tell I, you that I'm much.
1: I'm talking. I'm you know. I'm talking in terms of every single song on this record is fucking brilliant. Yeah. But stay down. Stay down is the least interesting because it's the most. Like. I don't want to say bog-standard palm reader, but we've heard we've heard them... There's nothing in that song that we haven't heard them do before. Well, Whereas, I don't you
0: know about that, actually. I, I mean, so. those gutturals, genuinely guttural, ext- almost extreme metal vocals hmm. in the background are fucking awesome. I mean, they've been heavy before, hmm. but this is... I mean, that that's as heavy as... That's as metal-heavy as they've ever sounded. Hmm. If you're talking about actual metal, I mean it's awesome and then there's this bit where it's like some sort of fever dream progressive thing with organs and electronics and it just everyone just sort of sits behind it and i think i think like they've been heavy before but they've not been heavy like that mm. like they've never gone that far down that particular road where not to the extent they do on, on that song and there's a bit that you know like the the riff you know that could come from Koino yokan or, or diamond eyes it's it's you know, Deftones will probably come up a fair bit on this. But then in that song, so would Every Time I Die, mm. so would Cult of Luna, so would Nine Inch Nails. Mm. Like it's really interesting. It's 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 really ambitious.
1: It's um I don't feel like this is just bog standard hardcore at all. I don't. Um Oh, don't get me wrong. I, I don't I don't think um I don't think it is a bog standard hardcore song by any stretch of the imagination. I just I just think it's the least interesting song on this record purely because um it is the closest to what we've heard palm reader do before the real gems of this album are the more expansive cinematic moments the quieter moments the moments that um you know use dynamics and make i mean i i think there is a pretty perfect run on this album um from a bird and its feathers to uh Uh, let me do that again
0: the end of the album
1: (laughs) 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 i think there's a pretty perfect run on this album from a bird and its feathers to false thirst um, Right. okay which is oh god yeah
0: i I can see how that's a sort of trilogy for sure yeah yeah,
1: like 15 16 17 minutes of music where to me i just go well that's perfect there isn't a single thing i would change about any of that there isn't a single note out of place um and the places that they go to in the in that 16 17 minutes just unbelievable they are so cinematic and so big and places that you would have never ever in a million years imagined palm reader to go when you when you you know watching them in the back end of a pub on bad weather you know Mm. Um, and they've done it with such extraordinary. Uh, I mean, it, it's done to such an extraordinarily high standard as well. Um, it, it's just, I'm, I, I'm falling over myself trying to explain why this album is fucking amazing. Well, there's a
0: few, there's a few things that I want to pick out that I think really, really d- kind of distill and crystallize what has been such a huge improvement in Palm Reader. Um, I've always loved Josh McCohen uh, as a frontman. He's not one of these big, beefy, ultra aggressive frontmen. He's quite a kind of slight looking guy. He's quite dry and self effacing on stage. And, you know, he's very young when the band started out, sort of when I first saw them eight years ago or whatever. And he's grown from someone who I always felt was someone who could channel something really emotional through screaming. And something that hits you a little bit harder in the sort of in the feels than the majority of his peers. Into someone who has found a way to to channel that whilst really improving his range, his tone, his grasp of kind of melodic sensibilities. He has come on so much. He used to be a really good hardcore frontman in a very very good band. He's now an amazing singer do you know what i mean and when you talk about when a bird in his feathers comes in it just hammers it home like they sound the band when that out when that bursts that song it's like a it's like a tornado and josh controls it all at the front but there's so much behind him that's happening and yet he is such a strong stable kind of incredible vocal presence throughout the whole thing or, or I the, mean that, or that the that beginning song... of
1: the beginning of willow for example yeah just well we'll talk about examples. willow a little a little um, bit
0: later because that song is ridiculous
1: the, cor- the um, chorus of hold release euphoria yeah. i mean yeah the things that josh is doing on this record mm. are uh, i mean i don't really want to give man of the match um awards for an album that is clearly so uh has so many elements going on but if you're forced to then josh's performance on this album is just outstanding
0: i mean if you were going to i mean i think i mean i was going to talk about dan olds on the drums Mm -hmm. as a potential man of the match a little bit but we'll get into that in a little bit a little bit later on but i mean just everything about this the guitars just sound different to how they've sounded before they sound fuller and sort of fresher and i just feel like they've they put so much thought into like the dynamics and the changing rhythms and the the kind of the quality of the sound and the different textures and tones of all the different sounds throughout the whole record. And I mean, like I say, I've always I've I've always rated Dan when they got Dan in. I saw them a couple of times with their original drummer. They got Dan in. I was like, he's brilliant, this yeah, guy, and he's incredible on this record. I mean, his various use of speeds, the different fills that he brings in, these just sort of slight idiosyncratic touches which totally change parts of the songs and and almost bring turn them into bring them into totally new genres at some points, just from little kind of flourishes that Dan does. Everything is just pin sharp on this record. And when you think, I mean, that song, a bird in its feathers that you are mentioning, just when you think, you know, this is the song that's done. That's, you know, I've got this, that outro part comes in, which is sort of 90 seconds of a six and a half minute song, mm. which is, you could build a whole, like some bands would build a whole song mm. out of that last mm-hmm. 90 seconds. Cause it's incredible. And then, I mean, to talk about this little sort of this little trio of songs that you're talking about, you get into Islay, which I think that could have been on an Isis record. It could have Mm -hmm. been on a Nick Cave record. Mm -hmm. It could have been on the Chelsea Wolf record. It's slow. It's brooding. It's quiet. Again, it's precise. It's they do this thing where it's kind of it's like rough, dirty and rough to the touch, but shiny like diamond shiny as well. Clarity and kind of muddiness combined together in this. Like amazing way and it sort of traverses into false thirst which is so small and slight to begin with and it builds and it builds and it builds and you just feel like i don't know how much further this can carry on getting bigger and it continues to do that and this was the point like when you mentioned those three songs i'm quite glad you brought them up i hadn't initially thought this but that was on on false thirst that was the point where i went they're meant to be a hardcore band.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. They're
0: meant to be a hardcore band. And you look at their peers, right? You so, say, t- palm reader ran around for 10 years. You look at their peers, right? Um, I'll, I'll mention them in case. Like TRC, uh, Feed the Rhino, I already said, While She Sleeps, Buried Tomorrow, heights. Um, Bleed From Within Heights, Employed to Serve, all those bands, right? Um, I mean, how are palm reader related in 2020 to those bands in any way? they're just not i mean I, I i don't know what palm reader are anymore yeah. and to be fair a lot of those bands that i just mentioned have split up now a lot of bands i mean you know employed to serve continue to make fucking amazing brilliant like out of the ones that i just mentioned you know employed to serve and while she sleeps continue to make really great heavy records i think
1: neither have made um, a record as good as this so
0: I mean, there is a very, very strong argument to say that. I mean, you look at the way that those bands have evolved, right? And if you take, so I am mean, let's take the biggest one. Like, While She Sleeps are the ones who've probably, are the most high-profile ones who have changed the most. Mm-hmm. So there's been an element, there's been a fair bit of evolution in yeah, the sound of, yeah, of I, While I, She Sleeps.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge While She Sleeps fan, but I can't deny that. They have, they, they've definitely yeah. tried new things, and, and yeah. I, I applaud them for that, yeah. And
0: but but comparatively, they are pretty much exactly the same band as they were back then, but with some electronic bits put in. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you listen to "This Is the Six and then you listen to "So What," and then you listen to "Bad Weather," and you listen to "Sleepless," mm. and you tell me which one of those bands has evolved the, the, the most, it, it's
1: not even close. Well, the other the other difference is that song is that word craft. It's, it's. I think um, if you listen to So What... You know, So What is an interesting album. There's some interesting bits on it. Um, but I don't think those songs are crafted anywhere near to the standard and the quality of the songs that are... There's, there's nothing on there that gives me any kind of... I mean, there's nothing on there which is as good as, say, hold release from this uh, no. album, which is, you know, a brilliant, brilliant song. I think it was the first single that was released from the record... But, I mean, Hold Release is... It, it, if you've heard the single so far and you haven't listened to this album uh yet, Hold Release is, like, just just, just the start. It gets even better than that, you know, especially when you get to mm. stuff like A Bird and Its Feathers. And, and I think those... It doesn't just feel like a band dabbling with... There are electronic bits and pieces on here and more synths. There's a lot more synths on this record, and I think that has really improved their palette and what Palm Reader do using those synths.
0: But it doesn't... I think f- it's also important to say, before we go any further, in regard to synth, when you think synth in, quote-unquote, metallic, hardcore, hardcore, metalcore, whatever, what you think about is, of synths is that kind of cross-faith, yes. you know, blippity-bloppity. Like, this is not that. This is Mellotron and Piano. Yes. Fender and Rhodes. Thera- Theremin and you know organic sounding real sounding instruments that are used sparingly exactly. and t- to serve the song not to kind of envelop it and, and destroy it so when well, I, when you say synth, just be clear that we're not talking about the kind of synth that you would normally hear on one of these types of
1: records I'm really glad you said that actually because I think that's where the craft comes in. I think the difference between a cross faith just like chucking a load of modern sounding synthy bits on top of something and then the way the synth parts um, in this in on this album, they don't like something. They don't sound like something that's just been bolted on. They sound like an absolutely vital, intrinsic part of the song, and that's what I mean by songcraft. That's what I mean. You know, you can't imagine some of these songs without those parts. And yes, that whole thing that you just said about them sounding kind of classic, it means that this record won't date. Um that, that there is a beautiful kind of Fender Road synth quality to Ending Cycle, um, which, you know, which reminded me of Radiohead, you know? And th- these are these are image these are bands that we would never have thought of evoking on Bad Weather or beside the ones we love. But it works perfectly. And then and they've gone into they've there's some really shimmering guitars on this album which evoke Mogwai and stuff like that. And but it all sounds natural and it all sounds perfectly placed.
0: Here's what I will... Uh, here's another thing. I am going to inevitably <laughs> mention uh, an album which I mention all the time and I've already mentioned them today and that's Code Orange, right? Now, I was listening to Brink, right? And although, you know, Palm Reader, are they a hardcore band? No, not really. But I was trying to think of... You know, to, like On the song Brink, I was, I was trying to think of another band who capture the freedom and the sort of the underground, the un- the vibe of that really exciting early naughty scene that was happening. So when you think of like Poison the Well, Converge, Caving, Glassjaw, Drowning Man, Isis, all that stuff, all that stuff that I mentioned all the time, Revelation Records, Hydra Head Records. Um, you know what I'm talking about, that whole scene of, mm-hmm. of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And those bands you know, they didn't, I mean, it's, it's it's unfair to say that Palm Reader really sound like one of those bands. Like, we spoke about um, uh, Frail Body last year and we are like, oh, this just sounds like that. That's mm-hmm. th- that thing. And, yeah, and yeah, Palm yeah. Reader aren't doing that. But you hear a song like Brink and it's reminiscent of that, about, of that period because to me, those bands were just free. They were untamed. They were willing to be whatever it was that came out of them. And, That feels like that. This record feels like that to me in the same way as Code Orange, Capture, Typo Negative and Sepultura and Machine Head and Fear Factory without sounding exactly the same as they do. Palm Reader do that for kind of that underground noughties botch and those sorts of bands that I grew up loving. They're not ripping them off and they don't necessarily sound like them, but their their attitude to the way that they make music really, really reminds me of that time in the same way as, you know, I think Code Orange are very current and very cutting edge and very forward thinking, but they still remind me of Fear Factory and Typo Negative from the 90s because they just have that aura about them. It's not even really about a kind of sonic thing. It's about an, a way that you present your band and a way that you kind of craft your music. And and, and that's what Palm Reader, Palm Reader do. And I think, I mean, the the end of the record is just, it's absolutely an astonishing way to end your record.
1: Yeah.
0: Absolutely. It kind of feels like that record is, it feels like the death rattle of this record. Mm. Like the last kind of couple of minutes, that last song, like both ends of the rope that you, you mentioned, kind of lumbers and staggers around. And it kind of, like I say, it's kind of breathless and it's frantic. And you get to that, that outro riff where they can just sort of summon enough, energy to do one last massive like scream like kind of the last little bit of air leaving their lungs and there's like say hammond organ and theremin and it's just fucking unreal way to end the record yeah. it's incredible and at that point and that's when i was like i mean this is you've you've comfortably topped everything you've ever done
1: oh it's yeah. amazing i i like i mean I don't want to brag or anything like this, but I I was able to hear this record very, very, very early on because I did a bit of par- of work for Palm Reader um, at the beginning of the year. And I remember on my very, very, very first listen of this album, I went, this is the best record they've done. I just knew knew it immediately. But over the last kind of, I don't know, eight, nine months or whatever, listening to it again and again and again and again and again, it has just continued to get better in my estimation and you know sometimes we have to kind of predict oh are these records going to are you going to continue to hear new things in them like several months down the line i can assure you you continue to hear new things in this record several months down to like down the line because there's so much to it there's so many layers to it there are so many interesting little um bits and pieces that are hidden in and around the mix that you know i wouldn't have heard on a song like islay or false thirst six months ago but i can now and they become a really intrinsic part of the song and we you know i think there's touches of that on this record most definitely yeah and there's of that kind of post-metal kind of thing
0: and there's there's parts in it we just i mean it just surprises you all the time even for the first song Tonally, it's different. It's basically got you know three different parts that you think would be completely unconnected, but it's so much more intricate and larger and more intense than anything that they've done before and then you kind of think to yourself well i don't not sure that any British band from that scene, maybe with the exception of Black Peaks, maybe Black Peaks are the kind of the only other band that are really sort of comparable. I don't think anyone's really even attempted to do something like this, really. I mean, even when you look at bands that we've been really fucking positive about and that we thought are gr- that we've been saying are great for a long time, like, I mean, a Svalbard album, right? Mm. That we said, oh, isn't this great? They've got so many different I mean, the Svalbard album feels really one paced and compared to this, compared to this, yeah. yeah, compared to this, it feels very quite, you know, quite straightforward and yeah. quite easily dig- you know quite easy to understand well, compared to in this, comparison to this yeah. yeah and i mean you know we i think you know we we when we speak about black peaks to go back to black peaks we talk about them alongside bands like tool and mastodon and yeah. they're very much in that world and but I, and I think you know those are those are big bands and those are m- huge comparisons but i think there is even more of a kind of there's a much more diy underground um vibe to palm reader than there is to black peaks black peaks feel like a band that really you know are are aiming for big songs to lots of people big progressive i think palm reader are almost more challenging than that Mm. in a lot of ways Mm. um and and and, but yet there's stuff like i mean fuck me that that i haven't mentioned willow yet if 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 willow was on that last deftones album people would be going fucking batty for that song. Yes. I guarantee it. I guarantee they would. Yes. It's massive. It's absolutely massive. And, you know, I mean, just looking at the amount of bands that I've mentioned throughout my notes here, I'm just sort of flicking through it. And I've mentioned Ghost, Cult of Luna, Every Time I Die, Black Peaks, Mastodon, Tool, Deftones, Nine Inch Nails. I've got, I've put some ones I haven't even said, like Architects um which i know you'll be you'll be delighted with roller Tomasi, helmet um radiohead nick cave chelsea wolf i mean this is not you know this is not fucking cave in converge poison the well glass jaw isis drowning man i mean this is not this is not um you know this, this is not a uk hardcore band no, this not is, anymore. This is not like this is not like some early tens, you know, post gallows, you know, brotherhood of the lake or feed the rhino or something. Do you know, it's not. Or, it's, it, you know, devil devil sold his soul. It's like it's not. That's not what this is anymore. This is
1: palm reader now. But I think with Braille, they started. Um, Braille was kind of the beginning of them forming their own distinct identifiable sound i talk about bands who have an identity all the fucking time because they are the best bands and um palm reader started that process with braille and they've continued it brilliantly with sleepless i think i think now with this album we can say that there is a definable palm reader sound which is a mix of all of those but i mean i agree with all of those bands that you've um uh named there and that's you know we talk we talk about this a lot but when you have really wide ranging influences and when you have lots and lots and lots and lots of ingredients lots of influences that you put into the pot and mix it all up you can create an identifiable sound by doing that um but you have to have the craft there as well to make those songs make sense and sleepless does all of that in an absolutely brilliant almost perfect way it seems like braille was going to be a hell of an difficult record to follow up um and the fact that they followed up with sleepless i mean now i i i (laughs) in a weird way i feel sorry for palm reader because i just have not got a clue how they're going to follow this up and make album number five as good if not better um I I I I have every hope that they do but I th- this is a really really tough record to beat I feel like I said that of Braille but mm. uh, this but they most certainly have beaten Braille to the point where I mean, I still feel like 7 is a bit of a half score for Braille, but I do know what you mean when you said at the top of this review that it does fit. I, I'd certainly put Braille down a notch now. They've made Braille seem just like, you know, Code Orange did with Forever. I mean, Code, mm. Code Orange made Forever seem really kind of dated, <laughs> you know, with uh, Underneath. Yeah. I think Palm Reader would have done exactly the same thing. And that is really, 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 really rare to see. Yeah.
0: And what we should say as well is that I mean I think there's not much there's not many ways to 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 spin the well, maybe it is good that they've been criminally ignored. <laughs> it's not many positive things to be like, isn't it good <laughs> that they can't make a living out of this and no one really knows anything about them or they, you know, they can't get in magazines and it's very, very difficult for them to actually kind of <laughs> get anyone to pay any attention to them. But if there is a positive to be gleaned from that, to be taken from that, then it may be that, I mean, like I say, I keep looking, I can't help but look at their peers. They're more high profile peers. And, you know, some of those bands are fucking, I mean, fuck me, i I love, every, like, I love everything that employed to serve have ever come out and I have put mm-hmm. out and I feel like they are the, the proper outliers. When I mentioned like the bands of the air peers or, but you know, I've mentioned black peaks as well Ditto mm-hmm. for black peaks, like both fucking phenomenal bands and you know, both are doing very well and deservedly. So yeah, but when you look at uh, somebody like, I don't know, like Barry tomorrow, for example, mm. who we saw at the roundhouse and again, you know, like I like Barry tomorrow. I think they're quite a cool band. Um, They've got a lot going for them. They write very good songs, but they've, you know, and they they sort of say, you know, well, we don't get much press, and we're the the people's metal band and stuff. I mean, you get quite a lot of press to be fair. They you get, fucking get cr- loads
1: of press, <laughs> fucking hell! Quite a
0: lot of press, lads, and Farting you know, I mean, press. certainly compared to Palm Reader, but but you look at the kind of the stylistic journey and the improvements made by Berry Tomorrow over a similar period to Palm Reader. And I feel like Palm Reader have really had to push themselves. And, you know, they've had to really, 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 like, dig in and strain for every little bit of positive press or feedback or whatever it is that they get. They've had, and you know, far, far more so than a band like Bury Tomorrow. And the result of that is... A record like this, which yeah. is so 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 head and shoulders, far and away, better than anything, not just Barry Tomorrow, but any of those bands have ever put out. Feed the Rhino have never put out anything that's ever going to be as good. Bleed from Within are never going to put out an album that is even even bordering on comparable to being as intricate and as interesting no. and as you know and and as, as fully flourishingly realized as this record is dynamic and as you know as 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 deep as this record they're just not going to well I,
1: I don't I, think any of those bands have a particularly strong identity i mean even feed the rhino who i actually quite like out of those bands mm. <laughs> i don't think feed the rhino have a particularly strong identity berry tomorrow definitely don't have a very strong identity um and well they
0: they they, they, they i think they kind of they're, they're their personalities are the strong identity as opposed to their music i mean you know?
1: well yeah quite i mean it, uh, that's neither here nor there as far as i'm concerned i'm concerned about the art i'm concerned about the music i don't give a shit about the personalities behind it um you know that's that's just kind of pop icing on the top isn't it um but musically you know i mean I would find it very difficult to tell Berry Tomorrow albums apart. Not that I listen to Berry Tomorrow all that often, but you know, they just haven't made all that many strides at all. Um you can't say that, a palm reader. They sound like a they sound like a totally different band while still retaining what it is that people loved about them. And mm. that's what the very, 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 very best bands do.
0: Yeah, this is great. And I think it is it is tragic that they, <laughs> you know, will when we come back and we get gigs, they will inevitably be playing these songs in, you know, uh, s- sort of smaller surroundings than these songs deserve to be played in. I mean, they've not played download since the first time they did it in two thousand and
1: thirteen.
0: Nah. I think. I mean, we've 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 said this. I think we've said this before on the podcast and how kind of ridiculous it is. But I mean, that's. It, it it doesn't make sense to me and i know a few people who kind of uh you know write for different mags and th- who you know are just like oh, i don't get it don't care and i really like i i despair sometimes i really do i think I really key, do despair the
1: key thing is and the reason why that's a total tragedy is bands cannot write an album like this on their first go around Mm. even even a band like even a album like statues which is a yeah. phenomenally well put together album phenomenally crafted record doesn't quite have the craft that this does because it is it just isn't possible to get mm. that craft in there at that early it, stage in your career
0: it takes time doesn't it it takes yeah. time and it takes like real 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 hard work i think and i, I think I, that's the other thing is that like why i was sort of bringing it up that you know it, maybe the positive from palm reader getting ignored so often is the fact that we've got this is because before bands used to just push themselves and i feel like we've got to a point where you know bands they they don't you know like rock and metal bands they, they kind of don't push themselves as much as they could do well it feels know, again, like to go to go back to like i mean i remember the week that we reviewed the fiona apple album and i think we reviewed like four metal albums and fiona apple and it's like none of these bands are you know it's, it's getting it's there's so i think it was the same week we did black dahlia murder and it was like well you know i love fucking love it like I, I to go back to i fucking love the black dahlia murder i love the sound of metal but i like to hear people really kind of to test the absolute limits of their ability And as you go on, you should be testing the limits of your ability every time you put a new album together. Like, and I mean, we're going to talk the thing is, we're going to talk about Hatebreed a little bit. And I'm going to say exactly the opposite. So, you know, like there obviously (laughs) there are are exceptions to the rule. But in general, I think when you do hear, when you do hear that happen, um, it, it is more exciting than any other thing to hear.
1: Well, Palm Reader are a band who sound like they have the bit between their teeth. You know, I suppose I suppose what you're saying about that whole like the good thing about them being ignored by people that they shouldn't have been ignored by and blah, blah, blah is um, Palm Reader still feel like a band who uh, feel like they have something to prove, Um, which really, especially with the release of this record, they shouldn't have anything to prove because we are talking about a world class record um but um you know they, they do feel like that i think and i don't get that sense when i listen to a Berry tomorrow record or a hate breed record or fucking a million identical metal bands out there i don't get the sense they, they have anything to prove at all i just feel like it's a contractual obligation um half the time with metal bands which is my issue with metal full stop at the moment really it's just like mm. oh shit we need to write another record uh here we go um Palm Reader have never felt like that. And that's why they're better than everyone else. Um, I mean, I, I, personally, I frankly think it's insulting bringing up Perry Tomorrow and Hatebreed in the same breath as Palm Reader. Frankly, but there you go. Um, but yeah.
0: Well, they're 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 you know they're. I mean, I bring up Hatebreed because we're reviewing it later, but yeah. I'm to bring up Palm Reader, we bec- bring up um, Barry Tomorrow because they're legit peers and yes, you know, oh, far no. far more commercially successful peers of Palm Reader as well. Don't know?
1: get me wrong, I, under- I understand why I understand why you're doing it, but like in term mm. in terms of a kind of in terms of creativity it's 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 a joke i mean buried tomorrow sounds like music made by a computer by committee and palm reader sounds like something actually tangibly human and emotionally raw and something that has been um has had so many influences pulled into it but again i'm gonna go back to that crafted word crafted just so beautifully and impeccably like um like a carpenter carving a beautiful wood carving or something it's 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 just it's completely it it feels like a completely different art form to anything that the likes of Berry tomorrow or hate breed do it's just completely it's
0: yeah it does i mean that's not that's not a you know i know people there might be people who like those bands who are fucking you know shaking their head furiously but I, i think you would struggle to kind of to to disagree with the fact that you know this is a very different approach to making a record undoubtedly to the way that certain bands do look at it and and i you know and i think when you get those records and there have been a lot of them this year there's been been a hell of a lot of them this year um it, it really tells it really sort of shows i think uh sleepless by palm reader we've spoken about it a lot um considering we've got some fucking big name artists to get through it's out now you know, they're not as big as Smash and Pumpkins or Billy Joe Armstrong or Clutch or Hatebreed. But I mean, I've not heard the Smashing Pumpkins album, so I can't say it's better than that. But it's comfortably, comfortably, comfortably. If you put all three of the other albums that we're doing this week together combined and sort of made a, a, their aggregate score, Palm Reader would still be higher, I think. Uh, I, but, I don't, but I don't anyway. think it'd even get
1: near And we're we're doing a clutch record. I mean, not like a proper clutch record, but clutch are fucking brilliant. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. It it would be in a different fucking time zone, a different field. It wouldn't get anywhere near. Hmm.
0: Uh, Let's move on to something shit. Billy Joe Armstrong. No fun (laughs) Mondays. The second solo effort, sort of, from the pop punk slaughtering frontman of Green Day, it is a covers album of all the covers that he's been doing down the during the lockdown period.
1: What so the, Billy Joe Armstrong. Uh, what was sorry? the first, What was the first solo effort? What was the first?
0: He did an album. Oh, why are you put me on a fucking spot? <laughs> he did he did an album, hold on, I've got it on spot, called Foreverly. Oh, it's Billy Joe and well, Nora. Uh, yeah, that, that was Nora Billy Jones, Joe yeah. and, and Nora Jones. Okay. Uh, right, but it well, shows well. how much attention I paid, <laughs> uh, how much attention, attention I paid to that record, because I just was like, <laughs> yeah, he's got some other piece of shit that he released. Um, so anyway, I mean, man, fucking you know, hell, I thought Green Day Fall Out Boy playing together was going to be painful. But, um, this, this, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the covers albums. We've reviewed a few covers albums on the show before. They are generally pretty hit and miss. I think mainly miss. Can't think of many really essential covers albums. Garage Inc. being the exception, you know, the the, the exception that proves the rule. The Teal album? Well, the teal album will probably come up a fair old bit in this interview, it probably interview will, in this uh, yes, this interview, but this interrogation of you and your taste. But, um...
1: <laughs> well, let's okay. I think you've I think you've ever so sl- ever so slightly undersold this um, this Billy Joe album, but only ever so slightly. Um, just let's just give Billy Joe a little bit of credit here. Basically, this is an idea. This is one of those records that's come about uh, because of lockdown. Um, Billy Joe Armstrong thought that it would be a nice idea to release a uh one cover a week on monday um hence no fun mondays um and he's released them on youtube Uh, there's 15 in total 14 15 in total i think i thought it was yeah 14 yeah um and he's been releasing them once a week and then uh for the last 14 weeks and then this is this is the culmination this is all of the all of those songs that have been released
0: culmination of his hard work
1: <laughs> on one on one disc uh, or one piece of vinyl or one piece of wax whatever you want to call it and um you know that's fine it's an album made out of circumstance rather than you know i think that's something that we should um bear in mind yeah, as course. well yeah um we have very different kind of relationships with green day uh you and i um Green Day well, I think you like bits and pieces of old school Green Day, like Insomniac, I, I know you're keen love
0: on Insomniac. I like you Dookie. I Dookie. love Dookie a lot, yeah, yeah. And I don't mind a bit of Nimrod. Uh those first two. I know people go like, Well, oh, actually, yeah, think happy hours, whatever slappy hours, whatever it's called. They're they're really good. It's like, oh, they're not really good. They're all right. Oh, They're all
1: uh, right. uh, smooth smooth all... out i'll agree with you uh C- C- kaplunk has some great stuff on it I oh think. yes
0: no no you're right kaplunk is pretty good in the same way as ignition by offspring mm. is good yeah yeah. Do you yeah, know yeah, what yeah. i mean like yeah that's quite good but, my... but it's good because i'd heard dookie and i wanted some more stuff a bit like that
1: yeah most of 39 smooth is is not very good but but um yeah there's some great stuff on kaplunk a green day for me i mean growing up growing up green day were probably in my top 10 favorite bands i would say like at, at that time and that age they were very 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 important to me up until and including uh, american idiot beyond then i've not been all that interested um i saw green day play an extended headline set at reading festival I wanna say in two thousand and five. Uh it okay. was extended due to fifty cent getting booed off stage and getting garden furniture thrown in his direction. Were you at that reading?
0: No, no, I missed that reading uh i heard about it oh uh, it was days, a right? dreadful
1: reading um but it was quite funny watching 50 cent getting booed off and him being kind of like you're never going to get me off this stage and then someone threw a piece of garden furniture at it at him and he's like right that's it you know man who's been shot several times and then he gets some fucking veil garden furniture thrown at him and he can't stand Mad it that, <laughs> whoever threw that must be like fucking popeye or something. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that is a
0: big old bit of thing to be getting all the way up on the stage yeah <laughs> quite it was amazing. far away from the stage i been to a lot of festivals and you, it's the, quite the gap yeah. between the stage and the fucking uh, the, the audience so I, sh-
1: I should say it wasn't only garden furniture that was thrown at him it was rocks uh, bottles yeah, of, of piss I mean it was a lot of stuff it was absolutely yeah. mad anyway and as a mm. result Green Day ended up getting an extended set and they played a bunch of punk covers they did Ever Fallen In Love by Buzzcocks. they did I Fought The Law by The Crickets Blitzkrieg Bop by the Ramones, as well as the usual smattering of covers that they do, like uh, Operation Ivy's Knowledge, the Isley Brothers' Shout, and Queen's We Are the Champions. And you know what? It was really fucking good. Um, Hearing, like, I will never forget hearing Green Day doing Ever Fallen In Love by Buzzcocks. And kind of mm. suddenly, like, really finding an appreciation for that song, which I'd always been like, oh, yeah, that song about ever being in love kind of thing. And, you know, it made me really, really love that song. And their version of Blitzkrieg Pop is just just fantastic. So the idea of Green Day doing a, a bunch of covers of uh, quite a lot of old school. I mean, some of these are punk songs and some of them aren't, but... It's not necessarily a bad idea, in theory. No. In theory.
0: No, no. I mean, what you've done there <laughs> is is you've gone way back into the recesses of time, to 2004, oh. and picked you, at a, fe- a young you at yeah. a festival, yeah. having a lovely time, yeah. while Green Day, not Billy Joe Armstrong, actual Green Day, because yeah, 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 this yeah. is not a Green Day album, yeah. f- yep. FYI, yep. Yep. Uh, play some really really great songs, and yep. you somehow gone, oh here's the case for the defence, well I'm sorry, that appears to be fairly irrelevant information <laughs> to what we've got
1: here, in the main, I, I I, say, I, 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 it, it's To be honest with you, it's the only defence I could think of, and I wanted to provide some balance, so I accept that it's piss poor but that's that's what i've got <laughs> this,
0: this is like me going well do you know what ian watkins isn't so bad because i remember Cole from earth tone nine did a song with them
1: like <laughs> I mean, we should say, for the sake of lawyers, it is not like that because Billy—we're not accusing <laughs> Billy Joe Armstrong. Of no, no, anything. no, 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 no. <laughs> but yes, I, I understand what you're saying.
0: saying. I'm just saying, in the in the world of like <laughs> shaky, really kind of. Oh, I'm not sure they're uh, really relevant to you. <laughs> to each be other, honest, uh, when I wrote quite close.
1: when I wrote out that argument um, uh, in my notes, um, yes, it it seemed pathetic, but I just wanted to provide some sort of balance. So there you go. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And, you, you know, you get a bit of balance. I mean, I think the thing is, I mean, w- what saves this record from getting the a, a real kick in, I think, is it, comparing it with a Teal album. I had to go <laughs> to get anything positive from it. I had to align it with the Teal album. Now, at first we get a... A pretty ploddy and fairly obvious cover of I Think We're Alone Now, which Mm. is the Tiffany song from the 80s. Although, um, was it uh, initially, uh, did Tiffany cover it? Was it initially? Was it was Tiffany the first person? Um, to do I it? believe
1: it was originally Tommy James and the Shondells, is what I... Right. Okay. Like, yeah. yeah. But it's Tiffany, isn't it? I mean, everybody knows it. I it's think we're Tiffany alone song. now. You'll, you'll yeah. know, like uh, people will know a lot of the songs on this record already, even if yeah. they don't realize that they know them.
0: Yeah. So and I was like, well. <laughs> I knew that it was going to sound like that. Yes. And I was like, does anyone need this? I mean, that's a rhetorical question. No, nobody, nobody mm-hmm. needs this. And it sort of straight away, I, my, my shoulders went down. I was like, oh God, I'm going to be subjected to like kind of old man, jaunty uh, punk covers of like slurred versions of pop songs. That's what I'm going to get for the whole thing.
1: And Well, actually, just to interject so that, I, I felt like I knew what a lot of these songs were going to sound like um uh, when i saw the track listing knowing i didn't know i don't know all of the songs uh all of the originals from this um album but i i felt like oh billy joe doing kids in america for example originally by kim wilde i know exactly what that's going to sound like and you then do. i played and it and it sounded exactly like i imagined sounded exactly it, like yeah. it
0: and it yeah. sounded i mean and you know and like not only i mean the thing is that that's all right because that is a good... It's a good song, though. I mean, you can't really ruin Kids in America. It's a fucking great song. Uh, but the Muffs... I mean, the Muffs covered it for the Clueless soundtrack. Yeah. Doing a sort of rocked-up version of it. And their version is better than that. And you've got the original. And again, it's like... Th- th- nobody in the world needs this. No, Nobody needs it. Um, I mean, there are a few that... Like, War Stories by Star Jets was a song that I wasn't really familiar with initially. And it feels like it is quite a good song. I mean, I actually mm. quite yeah. like that. It's got a big chorus. And it's got that kind of classic punk rock thing on it um uh i actually um i actually quite liked police on my back which mm-hmm. is an eddie grant song again i really like the original loads this isn't as good as it but it's just a good song and you've got stuff like um a new england by billy bragg which is the most fucking billy Joe armstrong thing to cover in the world ever mm-hmm. and it's kind of okay and you think well i suppose that might uh, it, it, expose.
2: Yeah, it's it's
0: good. Expose some people to Billy Bragg.
1: Um, well, I actually, I think that's a bit. That was going to be my my second defense and the only defense that I I had actually really <laughs> bother bother. Green Day can do quite good covers sometimes. Um, there's a lot of people. Uh, Green Day are a band who have managed to get new fans on board throughout their career somehow um uh, say somehow latter day i understand how they did it beforehand but you know they are still getting new fans i don't think you go to a green day show and it's just all people my age or your age or anything like that there's still kids who are getting into green day and that whole thing of like i would imagine there is a lot there are a lot of people who have not heard uh at that that age have not heard of new england by billy bragg or even give me some truth by john lennon or you can't put your arms around a memory by Johnny Thunders or that thing mm. you do, you know. And I
0: mean, they don't. Need, I mean, to be fair, they don't need to hear that thing you do. I mean, that is a novelty oh. song from a fake from a fake band. And, it, you know, from a movie I, in the 90s, you think, well, that could be quite re- a cool trick. But it's, it's really a good song.
1: I really like I, I, boring, I think that boring, thing that you song. do
0: is a really good song. I think it's of absolutely of no interest to in me whatsoever that. I mean absolutely no interest to me personally
1: I I mean we've just been talking about palm reader and I'm not I'm not saying oh yeah it's as good as a bird and its feather uh I'm not saying that but in terms (laughs) in terms of it um uh mimicking that early 60s early Beatles guitar pop sound it's a really 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 good version of say a please please me or something like that it sounds like it could have been written in 1962 yeah, i guess so you
0: know i guess so, so that's what I mean, I mean
1: by it's really good i'm not saying oh my god it smells like teen spirit or anything like that but yeah, i think it's yeah, it's yeah. well done you know
0: i mean in terms of other highlights i mean you can't put your arms around a memory by johnny thunders is okay it's got a kind of gold against the soul manix vibe yeah to it. I don't it's think all right fucks that up it's all right um, I, pre- I prefer the guns and
1: roses version with duff on vocals that's that's great that version yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. 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 um I mean, shit, but then it, it to me, it's it shit like fucking, like Manic Mondays by the B, by the, uh, uh, geez, by the Bangles. bangles yeah. I mean, just the, what? No, like mm. I knew again, I knew it was going to, that how that was going to sound. It's kind of slow. It's got none of the verve or the kind of excitement or the prettiness of the original. I don't know what the verve have to do with this, but you know. And uh, <laughs> I don't, sounds old and tired and weak and shit and boring. And I just hated it. And there's so much of this where I'm just like, this just sounds like a bloke. I mean, it's, you know, it sounds like a bloke who has had a barbecue and he's brought invited his mates round, and he's gone, i go and get the guitar out, and they've gone, yeah, go on then, and he's gone and played a load of songs, and they've all sat around and had a few beers, and it's been a nice evening, and then he's come up to me and gone, oh, what did you do? I and I've gone, what did you do last night? And he's gone, I had a few beers, got the guitar out, played a few songs. And I would go, it's oh, that sounds nice. This sound that that sounds nice, Billy. And he's gone. Would you like to hear what I played? And I would go, no, abs- of course I don't. <laughs> and he's like, well, I, I, I'll, I'll release all it. I'll release it as an album. So it's like, yeah, I'm sure you had a real nice time last night, but I don't need to hear you doing this. Mm. Um, and what I will say is that this is far better than the teal album, like mm. considerably. I mean, it, I mean, it's not saying much as a compliment. Um, but at least he hasn't exclusively picked really, really obvious songs and done nothing at all with them. But it you know, but it does just still feel like some old fart like fanning around in his <laughs> in his garage with a like six pack of cause light and his best mate and they're like, Oh, when all this ends, we'll get out there and play the wedding circuit do you know what i mean like i don't need nobody nobody needs this album
1: is there an argument to say well i think there is an argument to say that considering the uh size of billy joe's band it's quite cool that he's um happy to these are quite these are relatively sort of naked renditions and there's a lot of bands of that size who would not go down this very kind of like i'm just gonna chuck something together like a lot of these things a lot of them sound like they could have been just put together on a very basic home studio setup i imagine they probably were considering they were done yeah i thought they were yeah. yeah and um is there an argument to say that uh, an artist of uh, Billy Joe Armstrong's size doing that is kind of a cool thing to do, considering that they not really, do
0: stadium- <laughs> not really, no, not when you consider Taylor Swift made folklore. Well, that's true. With like, do you know what I mean? In a I'd, certainly take,
1: I'd certainly take folklore over this. I mean, I mean, you know, there are there are you know. <sighs> I don't need to say this. 2020 has been a weird year, um, and um, I think the way that creative people have reacted to this year shows an awful lot about how creative those people actually are, you know. Mm. And and
0: playing playing Tiffany on an acoustic guitar <laughs> doesn't really set Billy Joe Armstrong out as being particularly creative, unfortunately. Not
1: not massively. I I, I don't I don't think this is the worst thing in the world at all. Um, i actually quite like whilst it was on i thought it was perfectly enjoyable and i thought some of the versions of the songs were actually quite good i think some not because they're um improved in any way i don't think any of these songs are improved on the original particularly really but just just because they've been married like as i said billy joe armstrong doing kids in america that's a good fit i can see that working that's a good uh that's a good idea you know for him to do yeah,
0: you do know exactly what like you say you know exactly yeah. looking now yeah. Yeah, <laughs> all yeah, that yeah, shit yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. don't know why he's turned into goofy at the end of that <laughs> um, but you uh, know yeah, yeah i mean it, this is I, I think people thought we were going to come on and absolutely kick the live or i particularly was going to come and kick the living shit out of this yeah. and I'm not going to kick the living shit out of it because it's clearly something which has just been thrown together fairly uncynically. Having looked at the track listing, I mean, when I knew he was doing I Think We're Alone Now and Manic Monday, I was like, oh, no. Because, I mean, like I said before, my criticism, why I despise the Teal album, I despise it because it is just the most cynical fucking thing I've ever come across it is literally the most cynical album that has ever been made i think the teal <laughs> album has uh, got no and we talk about no imagination there's more imagination in the, far 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 more imagination in this than there is in the teal album so maybe and the that teal is, album is has that... dropped my expectation levels of these sort of things to unforetold previous depths is that
1: uh, is that because the the song choices on the teal album are such massive songs that so many yes people know. exactly
0: right. that okay. exactly that like no weezer are not introducing anyone to tlc no you know, no weezer are not introducing anyone to black sabbath that's not happening. Billy Joe Armstrong Toto. might introduce, <laughs> yeah, no one's going, oh, have you heard that band Toto? I've got into Weezer. And then suddenly I really like Tears for Fears. Have you ever heard of Tears for Fears before? <laughs> like, no, nobody's doing that. But somebody might go, oh, I really like Green Day um, because of my brain operation. and <laughs> I <laughs> And now I like Billy Bragg yeah Could happen, it could happen. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. and it, so I don't want to be too much of a sort of snaggle puss about that because or, it's or not, blondie, you know.
1: there's that, so the or blondie, song. Yeah, 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 blondie, you know, yeah, yeah, quite, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I can it, actually it imagine, happen. I can imagine quite a few people, I can imagine that happening for quite a few people. I mean, you know, when I bought Garage Inc, um, when I was what 13 14 years old. There were tons of bands I got into yeah. on the back of that. So, you know, that like you can't really argue with that. And, and considering, considering the year that we've had, I don't think this is a terrible use of one's time, considering that no. you're not able to do what he probably would have wanted to do. Well, he would have been out touring for fucking that god awful Green Day album <laughs> that came out earlier Hello
0: Hella, Hella mega tour.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, this is, this is the thing. Like, as someone who was a Green Day fan, this is much, much easier, much, much, much more pleasant to listen to than, what was it, Father of All Motherfuckers, that album that came yeah. out earlier this year, where you're just like, what are you doing? You wrote Dookie, you wrote Insomniac, you wrote, I mean, I'm even going to say, even Warning seems like a gold standard Led Zeppelin 4 Jimmy Hendrix, "Are You Experienced," classic next to "Father of All Motherfuckers," and "Warning" is is all right, it's all right, <laughs> you know, but it seems like an absolute gold standard next to that record. So oh yeah, at that least album
0: is, is atrocious. It's
1: atrocious. So at least, at least I didn't find this difficult to listen to, and I found it relatively pleasant. But you know, it is what it is, isn't it? It's a bunch of covers is. that have been scrawled together uh, because there's not much else that he can do at the moment and that's fair enough i mean
0: yeah it's what he's been up to and really we're the idiots for
1: reviewing it really yeah we are it's
0: our fault for doing it it's like we shouldn't have listened to it it's not for of any interest to either of us really well we didn't get the smashing pumpkins album did we
1: so blame blame billy corgan
0: yeah had we got a smashing pumpkins album this would have been (laughs) out the door straight away anyway um no fun mondays by billy joe armstrong is, uh, well, it's been out for fucking ages, really. You just have to rearrange a tracklist in yourself. He's released them all already for fuck's sake. You've heard it if you're interested. And if you aren't, well, good, good for you. Um, Let's move on. Hatebreed, the weight of false self, is the name of the seventh studio album from Jamie Jaster and his metallic hardcore crew. The first Hatebreed album since 2016's Concrete Confessional, which was sort of all right. Um, I think I really do like Hatebreed a lot. I don't think anyone who... Uh, knows me will be particularly surprised to go, oh, he likes Hatebreed, does he? I I am shocked. But I do. (laughs) I do like Hatebreed. Um, uh, But what you were saying earlier, Renfrey, and I think, you know, it's fair. Are we really going to be surprised by anything that Hatebreed are doing or have done on this record? I mean, ever? I I mean, this is very much another, like, you know what you're going to get, but what you're going to get is... Good
1: well, I do have a question for, for you about that, actually, because you are a Hatebreed fan and I'm, I'm not particularly. But as a Hatebreed fan, do you need, do you want another Hatebreed record? Do you even care? Honestly. No, I think
0: it's... No, I mean, th- to be honest with you, um, I am far less excited about a new Hatebreed album in 2020 than I would have been in, say, 2002. Mm. And... They have that thing, a bit like Motorhead or ACDC or the Ramones, where you go, obviously, you know what you're going to get. But whereas, say, ACD, but then, and some of those bands, so ACDC or Slayer, for example, mm-hmm. I would be like, great, a new ACDC, a new Slayer. Even though Slayer's last couple of records were pretty fucking bum, mm-hmm. Um and I didn't need them at all. Yes, but I was a- we still a- like, Yeah, Slayer. A-
1: a- ACDC and Slayer have a very identifiable sound where when it comes on, you go, oh, that's ACDC. Oh, that's Slayer. I don't think Hatebreed have that.
0: Well, they definitely do.
1: I don't. Of course think they, they do. do. I think they sound like identical to like so many other bands. I think the only kind of identity thing that they have is Jamie Jaster, but even he doesn't sound like I can tell it's Jamie Jaster. But I don't think they have any, like, real identity of their own whatsoever. It's just mass-produced I think they, kind of I think they, hardcore.
0: I think they absolutely do. I think that's total bollocks, to be perfectly honest. Absolute bollocks. No. That's not true at all. No. They're, they're, hate breed. nobody sounded like... hate breed. like Earth Crisis, I think you can predate, predate Hatebreed with Earth Crisis a little bit um earth crisis changed a hell of a lot by the time satisfaction is the death of desire was out in 1997 they were a very different band i think you can absolutely say those earth, like firestorm and um uh Gomorrah seasons end by earth crisis were hugely inspirational albums to hate as they were to many people within the hardcore scene but that meld of sort of Slayer riffage in a hardcore framework with uber posse vocals. I don't think there are any other bands that were doing that when Hatebreed came along. Oh, really.
1: I'm, I'm not talking about when Hatebreed came along. I'm talking about now. I mean, there's, there's loads loads of stuff that sounds like this.
0: Well, there's loads of stuff that sounds like ACDC. I mean, they, yes. you can say they've got an identifiable sound, but then there's loads of bands that have ripped off ACDC in the, in the years that have gone on post that there are loads of bands that sound, like about a billion bands. there's more bands that sound like the fucking ramones than sound like hate breed
1: but you can but that tell i mean the
0: ramones don't have an
1: identifiable sound but you can tell that it's acd like when we did that acdc record last week like instantly it's like well this is ACDC. like but even before the vocals mm. come in like the only identifiable point part of hate breed is jamie jaster and even jamie jaster sounds like a lot of other vocalists so I don't. I think. I think maybe, I think it is a maybe in real, I think it's a real maybe, stretch to say that Hatebreed have any kind of identity whatsoever.
0: Uh, well, I don't think it is at all.
1: Okay. I don't no.
0: think it's. I, I. I. I don't. I mean, maybe in twenty twenty, it's slightly harder to say that. But I don't. But then I think that's a load of bands copying Hatebreed.
1: I mean, even the first sentence of the press notes, they self-describe themselves as an impenetrable heavy metal hardcore factory. So even even they, I mean, I don't think I don't think using fairly accurate. Yeah, yeah, it's very accurate. But (laughs) I don't think using the word factory is a good thing in terms of a ban because it's this idea that it's a system that creates a product to a formula that is mass produced and then sold on mass now. If that's what you want from your art, fine. But you're probably a very boring person if that's what you want from your art. I want something that is identifiably different. You know, when we talk about this compared to the Palm Reader record, for example, it's just it's just mass produced, really digital sounding, like all done on a computer, not recorded live in a room, just it's just really fucking boring. I mean the bassist Chris Chris Betty said uh, Betty says of uh, instinctive slaughter lust which is the first song on this album it should be illegal to make a song this heavy, right? Using that logic all of these songs should be illegal because they all sound exactly the fucking same. All of them. <laughs> They sound exactly I mean, the fucking same, and, and I, and they I sound... feel like this is
0: the first time you've heard "Hatebreed."
1: <laughs> no, no, no. They they
0: sound they say, no, no, no. this is new. I can't believe it. Hey, all oh, they all sound the same. Yeah, well, no, I, I,
1: I, but I was about to say, you know, they sound exactly the same as when I heard "Perseverance." Whenever I, God, I don't know when I first listened to "Perseverance," mm. but like I, I, I've seen, I see. I haven't been paying loads and loads of attention to all of Hatebreed's albums at all. Um, right. But I have heard Perseverance and I was curious to know, like, what what are the changes? What are the developments that have happened? And there have been absolutely none whatsoever. None, ever. Absolutely no, never. none.
0: None at all. No, definitely not. Yeah. Um, that's true. <laughs> I don't think anyone would ever deny that. I mean, there is, you know, if I think what I'd say about this record is, I mean, so surely this I, album
1: is more pointless than the billy joe armstrong album isn't it
0: well i mean pointless i don't know i mean
1: it is yeah, more <laughs> it's, more a, point, it's a, more pointless. It's I it's mean, a waste it's, of time it sounds like the first <laughs> it's the eighth record from them that sounds like the first seven it's just it's a contractual obligation it's just yeah this maybe. is what we do it's just boring
0: well, I think um, it adds a few more songs to the Hatebreed live arsenal that you would want to hear okay so um i mean set it right and stroke of red being two that i would point people in the direction of i think they're both wicked both absolute bangers i love the the slayer style thrash outro to a stroke of red is magnificent and slayer aren't a thing anymore slayer Mm. aren't around anymore so having a hit of a new hit of that is quite welcome to me i commend
1: your ability to tell the difference between the songs because they all sounded the fucking same to me
0: (laughs) well i think you know it depends how much you like hardcore really doesn't it i think it depends how much time you've got for that i mean i was speaking to you before we started and i mean i was up till one in the morning watching the terror live stream Mm -hmm. so you know i've obviously got a higher wanted to (laughs) not as particularly (laughs) as i wanted to no (laughs) but i was (laughs) you were obligated to yeah yeah. but the reason i was obligated to is because people know how much i like hardcore so they make me Uh, anyway um but i think it depends on your kind of your um your, your, the the thirst you have for this type of sound. I mean, for me, um, I I enjoyed this while, while it was on. And like I say, there are a couple of songs like Dig Your Way Out has got a bit of, like It reminds me a bit of the, the sort of tonally of the last Body Count album. It's got that kind of old school thrash thing to it. It's really cool. There's a song in it from Gold to Grey that I really liked as well. This is another hate breed record. I mean, if this had come out in 2002 and we were currently reviewing Perseverance, I think you'd look at this as the classic and you'd now be looking at Perseverance going, yeah, you know, it's not really that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. So, you
1: know, I'm not, I'm not totally. Per- Perseverance is only the classic because oh, it's their second album, isn't it? Perseverance. Yeah, yeah. It's only the classic because it was one of the first that came along. It's not any better than any of the other ones. No, I
0: don't. And I they're think all the it, fucking it, same. It, they are. I mean, you know, like there's absolutely no getting away from it. I mean, is this better than the last record? I I prefer it to the last couple of records, but even like okay. the, Divinity of Purp- the Divinity of Purpose has got On and Never Dies on it, which is a fucking, like, it's just a fucking banger. Absolute banger on and never dies. I don't really remember much else. I mean, it's got Indivisible on it as well. Uh, you know, this is, this is, what this is and what Hatebreed are is, I mean, I think, what you're saying about them having no identity, I think that's very harsh. I think they have incre- an incredibly strong identity. That identity An
1: incredibly is... strong
0: identity? Yes, they do have an incredibly really? strong identity. It's hardcore. It's uber posy hardcore with massive Slayer. It's big beatdowns and chunky bits with a bloke shouting positive slogans over the top of it and big kind of Slayer breakdowns behind it. I mean, you know, on paper, that's a, f- a perfectly fun night out. You
1: get a couple yeah, of yeah, beers, yeah. You
0: sink a load of beers, and do that. I mean There's nothing wrong you know, with the
1: formula apart from the fact that it's a formula. No. That's what's wrong with it. It's yeah. a formula. Yeah, it is. And <laughs> but the I formula mean, it itself is, is fine. Yeah. It
0: is a formula. And the thing is, not everybody, not every band is Palm Reader. Not every band is Cult of Luna. Not every band is Depeche Mode. Not every band is Radiohead. You know, there's, there's, there's. I think there's room in the world for lots of things. Like, how many Hatebreed albums do I actually need? I mean, it's really hard to say, for example, where this sits in its overall discography. Because,
1: how, I mean... Uh, actually, how many Hatebreed albums do you need? I'm like,
0: as a genuine fan, how
1: many do you need?
0: Two? I, I'd say... So you've got, I mean, I'm going to get there, like Satisfaction is the Death of Desire is the first album, which is considered, you know, the kind of, oh my God, what it like, that was considered a really big, like, what is this when it sort of came out?
1: At the time, yes, I can see see why it would be at that time.
0: Perseverance is like the hit factory. It's got all the kind of biggest songs on it. So I think those two, one is a kind of historical document because I don't actually think Satisfaction is the Death of Desire has aged... That well, I think it's, you know, I never to be to be frank, I never loved. I got it when it came out, and I never loved it when it came out. I mean, it it came out around the same time as like Imprint by Vision Disorder. I think Imprint is (laughs) like obviously a far far better record. Like you think, you know, Shaper Punk to Come was about (laughs) to come out a (laughs) a year later, or like everything you want to know about Silence. So you know what I mean, but then. And But at the time you did go, well, this is a, a cool extra sort of thing that it doesn't really sound like hardcore and you can tell there's lots of Earth Crisis mm. um, worship in it, but it's definitely new and it's very positive and it's just an extra little kind of cool flavour. And then Perseverance came out and turned those into, that, that into, into big songs that were getting played on movie soundtracks and stuff. And I think The Rise of Brutality came out and it was like, ooh, more of that, great, you know? Mm-hmm. And then after that, I think like the... You know, Defeatist from Supremacy is a, a, a massive, massive song. Like, just so great. The self-titled one isn't great. Divinity of Purpose, as I mentioned, has got like On and ever Dies on it. Great song. Concrete Confessional. There's not really a lot on Concrete Confessional that I that I really love, although I believe it's got um, uh, the, the the biggest song they've ever done. I think Looking Down the Barrel of Today is their most streamed song, even above um, oh, yeah. I Will Be Heard. Yeah, apparently so. Apparently, it just it got on chucked onto a load of stuff, and then wait a full self. The, the latest one, it's got like t- three songs on it that I go, oh, I'd like to hear that live. And I will always go and watch Hatebreed because they're just fucking fun live. They're just great live. Um, just,
1: just to confirm, yes, Looking Down the Barrel of a Gun is indeed the biggest song hmm. by quite some so, way, which is quite surprising. Yeah, yeah, it is surprising. Especially and when you know, considering had... it sounds like all the other ones as well. Why that one <laughs> you over You haven't the little... even heard
0: it! You haven't even heard it!
1: <laughs> yeah, but I guarantee you it does. I guarantee yeah, well, you it does. It does.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but so in terms of like how many Hatebreed albums do you need? Uh. I mean i i i would have i would have three right okay um i would have three and then a selection of songs from their back catalogue and that sounds fair that sounds there's 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 a couple of songs on this new album that i go ah next time i go and see hatebreed and i absolutely will
1: go and Mm -hmm. see hatebreed Mm -hmm.
0: because it's just like absolutely fucking great night out to go and watch hatebreed they 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 are fun they're
1: they're good fun live i've not seen yeah yeah yeah, yeah. god when was last time i saw hatebreed Machine supporting machine head, god, probably ten years ago. Fuck me, yeah. I'm old. I mean, but, I've um, seen them a lot. I've seen oh, them pretty sure much
0: yeah. every tour they do. I, I pretty much see them because they're just they're just so fucking. Great. They are like, they, they are at, fun. At a yeah, festival, yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 and it's wicked, yeah. and it's just you know like they, like you say, they, they don't have. In in two thousand and twenty, they don't have anything artistically creative to bring to the table, but they satisfy that kind of neanderthal dunderheaded caveman instinct that sort of sits very deep inside your your gut where you just want to like bang your head and Mm -hmm. sing a beer and shout three words really loudly i will be heard yeah yeah, sometimes standing for what you believe yeah being standing alone destroy everything they just you sometimes like
1: who the fuck are churches yeah yeah
0: yeah. yeah, like yeah that sort of thing (laughs) um I mean, you know, sometimes you just want to shout that stuff and have a, 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 a an uncomplicated night out and listen to really heavy, hard, uncomplicated music.
1: And and I have no hey, issue with that. To be super clear,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. And and nobody is. I don't think anybody is. Kind of. I don't think even Jamie Jaster himself would claim that he's some sort of musical visionary or he's trying to you know reinvent hate breed or progress some, mm-hmm. I think he just. Mm-hmm. I think he just is a dude who loves heavy music and he loves mm. making heavy music and so i don't think it's any less um he clearly it's, only it's listens less...
1: to heavy music because there's nothing else that's um creeping into this he does. As influence. yeah yeah he listens <laughs> to
0: hardcore and death metal and that's what you know i i, I interviewed jamie Jaster a few weeks ago. we had a chat me. we spoke for about an hour me and jamie i've interviewed him a bunch of times over the years he's a fucking great you know he's a fucking great guy i think he's a fucking great guy he's a mm. really really great guy and um and we're you know we're not mates or anything but he you know like He's always really kind of, you know, how are you and chatting, great. Mm-hmm. And he he loves and he loves talking about music. He yeah. loves talking about music. He loves talking about the business. He loves talking about the idea of elevating heavy music and bringing it to more and more people. He's super passionate about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And and you know, like, is it a, is it formulaic? Yeah, yeah, it is. Like mm-hmm. it it absolutely is. But you know, I I don't think. And, and does anyone need this record? Like nobody needs this record, but. It's nice when it's on, you know, uh, if you like this sort of thing, I think it's nice when it's on. It's not like I don't think Hatebreed are ever going to make a record where people go, oh, my God, have you heard the new Hatebreed album? Album of the year. And I don't think Hatebreed are ever going to make an album where people go who like them go. Have you? Oh, my God, what the fuck have Hatebreed done? What are they doing? Hmm. What is it? It's a disaster, this record. I don't think either of those things are going to happen. They are steady eddies.
1: They're the definition of steady eddies. Yeah, mm. they're the absolute definition yeah. there was a funny thing that happened to me with this record the initial version of the promo that i got had a whacking great big mistake on it uh the 11th track from gold to gray was 24 minutes and 30 seconds long and i That's was it? like what well, well it's not this is the whacking great big mistake but i i loaded it all up and i was like oh my god Haybreed have done a 24 minute 30 second song that's incredible wow i'm really looking forward to getting around to that because <laughs> i thought that's a really odd move for hate breed doing a 25 minute song but you know fine and when it came around to that track it wasn't hate breed at all but it was a song called viral by swedish power metal band amaranth right and i found this oh, out jesus i found this out because i shazammed it and i was like I, I, it came in and it was such a kind of shock Because I was like, I've just had 10 songs which all sound absolutely identical to one another. I mean, identical. And then suddenly this brand new thing comes in. And I tell you, the 30 seconds where I believed that it was a Hatebreed song, A, I was very, very confused. But B, I was about to like chuck away my review of this and go, oh my God, they are capable of doing different things um but uh yeah i found it was a total mistake so but listening to that bit of amaranth made me like swedish power metal because when it came in i was like finally something different and for that reason alone i hate this record and i hate hate <laughs> these. fuck them <laughs> fucking hell well uh... honest, honestly that Amaranth song, and listen to Viral, it's rubbish, but because it was something <laughs> different after, you know, I was, it must have been 30 minutes in. This album's only 35 minutes long. Because it was something different, it just it gave me this Stockholm Syndrome feeling of like, finally, something that sounds a little bit, oh, I love this. Oh, shit, it's Amaranth. What the fuck am I on about? Fuck, I'm furious. I'm apoplectic with rage. Fuck them
0: going in with that set of ideals about how music should be made into a hate breed album, you kind of but, but I w I wanna get the most amount of enjoyment out of music. Mm. And so you go in and you 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 taper your expectations and you taper like, you know, I I've said it a whole bunch of times before about all kinds of different genres and different things. Like I, I like, honestly I think you you have to kind of go well, that's what they're trying to do, and that's what they want to be. And I think that yeah. that's, that's. Are they are they good at doing that or are they not? But like, there's no point kind of going, oh well I've got okay computer and I, uh, I can't listen to Hatebreed. Like, no, nah, come on, like you can't
1: you can't no, no, judge no, of them over that thing at all. Do you no, know what I mean? W- so w- that's w- why I, I think I would this is never all right. I would never say anything like that. But then at the same time, it comes down to how much you like the actual thing, doesn't it? Yeah, of You course. absolutely yeah, adore yeah. hardcore. I mean, if um I don't know if Green Day released the same album over and over again. I don't think they do, to be honest. I think, you know, Green Day do very very different stuff compared you know a, a band yeah. and, like not always successfully but they do but um if Green Day did the same thing over and over again you'd be far harsher on it and you'd sort of say well they shouldn't be doing this over and over again so it just h- comes down to like how much you like that formula
0: you know to be to be clear if Green Day were continuing to make albums of the quality of Dookie and sounding like that for I mean that's basically what the offspring have done but they've not made very good versions of it mm-hmm. and I think the one thing that you can't say about Hatebreed is they are consistently average
1: if you like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you know what I, I mean? Like, I, I would both agree with that. They're consistently average. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean hate, like I said, in in if you are taking the what the wider palette of the world, then yes, I think hate breed are kind of, you know, they are they are there and there's absolutely their place. And hopefully, you know, my hope would be as a sort of a, a bigger band, and you know, Jamie's great for this, taking younger bands out, signing bands who are um to his label who are kind of upcoming bands and, and getting them out in front of a lot of people. Like he's a go, he's a really great sort of figurehead for heavy music. And he's just, you know, like th- there's nothing wrong with him being a kind of solid presence within the metal scene who does help to elevate. I mean, you look at the kind of people that are on that last Jasta record and it's a really cool mix of people that he brought in. Everyone from like Billy from biohazard to George corpse to Fisher from, um, Cannibal Corpse like Tommy Victor from Prong I think that's quite an eclectic group of people within metal I mean I, you're right mm. he doesn't listen to anything apart from metal and yeah. fucking bless his bless his fucking heart for it because that's alright if you just want to listen to metal like I'm not going to shit on someone <laughs> just because they like listening to metal
1: it's okay it just means you're not going to make very interesting music as a result because you only have a limited resource to to build yeah, to I mean, take I, from I, and i think i, I think as that. as people who sort of critique music for a living i think we have some somewhat of a responsibility to kind of point out the fact that it, basically this is a formula and it is just the same thing over and over again which a lot of other people in the metal press just won't bother to do they'll just be like hooray a new hate breed album and it's very tiring and very boring and when you're talking about the metal scene as a whole and and him being a good thing for a, the metal scene um outside of the boundaries of the metal scene i'm not sure if it is because if people look in and see uh, a hate breed album and go oh right so that's what metal is still it's still exactly the fucking same as it was 20 years ago you know there's just different ways to look at these things and i don't think i don't think one is right and one is wrong but it mm. it it just depends what prism you look at it through are you looking at it through a glass half full prism of hey this is a great formula and i enjoy it and i enjoy seeing them live that's totally fine but also outside yeah. of that you know are, are hatebreed really a, a, an exciting example of modern heavy music in 2020 absolutely not well
0: i mean just to kind of if i it, let's say you were someone who was doing i mean i think you're right i think as a we uh, someone critiquing it from a, a um uh a more sort of um uh, what's the word i'm looking for um on the level like from a ob, or not obtuse what the fucking
2: why can't i think objective of the fucking work?
0: Can't they go? objective yes so from a more objective point of view um and has to come into it in, in that manner and then yeah i think obviously we do have to point out you know this is nothing new mm. and this is not really any kind of progression and in terms of you progressing as an artist there's nothing really here that anyone could possibly say that is you, you know positive about your growth and your story as a as an artist continuing down you know the, the the world of metal you have a very blinkered view of what music is and what it should sound like you can say that while still be being positive about what you actually do get and if someone was to come to me and say oh my god hate breed uh, look at so this is what metal is it this is what you guys like it's the same thing being put over and over and over and over again i would kind of say to him i'd say we know this is an example of a band who have been around for 25 years who were very very innovative when they first came out and i mean how many bands from pop and indie and hip-hop that were around at that time um have released a song that's their most popular song on their last record not very many so you know what they're doing and the the kind of the simplistic nature of what makes the majority of people enjoy music um it needs to be catered for it does in whatever genre that you're talking about and i don't necessarily think that you can look at that solely as a negative thing personally i think you know like we've we've been positive about stuff like um uh uh, stuff like um what are they called? Uh fucking out Five Finger Death Punch. Like, you know, we're quite positive about Five Finger Death Punch just because you think, well, they are the sort of biggest version of doing that thing and they kind of deserve to be the biggest version because they're pretty good at doing it. And I think there's nothing really wrong with or even or, or Nightwish. I mean I think Nightwish are probably, like well not even probably they are a far more um innovative and interesting band overall. It's just I don't like their music as much. They
1: definitely have an identity, Nightwish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um,
0: but, I, you know, I think that's, you know, when when we did the, the the Public Enemy album, for example, I mean, Public Enemy haven't really changed. So you listen to that and you go, you're not really incorporating anything particularly new into your um your sound at this point either and i don't think i think
1: it's... compared to hate breeds uh, yeah maybe, i mean i think you're gonna <laughs> you're
0: gonna struggle to find somebody who who yeah. has stayed yeah. uh, consistently like this for so long yeah. as hate breed have yeah and you know uh, but i don't think that's just i don't think it's just a metal thing um there are a lot of bands within a lot of genres who have been around for a long time who kind of continually make the same album oh, over and over this. again oasis yeah and uh, i mean i I
1: don't think it's just a metal thing it's just very prevalent in metal i think i don't no, it's not it's not just metal but um formulas in metal are more common i think than they are in other music and i i I do think that's true and i think it's yeah i
0: think it i think it probably is but then i mean again to go back to when we talked about the grammys earlier you look at the nominees for the grammys this year and it's not you Know it's not Judas Priest, and it's not like it, 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 there's not a single old band on there to be fair. Mm. Uh, well, I guess Body Count are, are, are quite an old band, but yeah, so your body count is like Ice T winning a Grammy for metal would be cool. Poppy is not even really a, mm. a, a an art, a, I mean, not strictly a metal artist at all, and quite new. Um, at least Kodori's she's was spoken about,
1: at least she's doing something different. Yeah. I mean neither of us Co- like it, but at least it's different, you no. know.
0: And actually, I think the title track of that album has hugely grown on me
1: over the years. Oh, really really? actually.
0: Yeah. Um I I, I think got, that's the
1: thing. I have a lot more respect for an artist like Poppy than Hatebreed, even though I probably get more enjoyment out of listening to Hatebreed than I would out of Poppy. At least Poppy's yeah, doing I, I, something I can, different, you know, like something I can understand. Weird. I mean,
0: I I can understand mm. I can understand that and like it's hard to sort of argue about that and i didn't really think we would be spending this long kind of dissecting (laughs) hate breeds to be perfectly honest we've been very both go "Eh, pretty good about hate. yeah pretty good hate breeder (laughs) record they all sound the same fine we've been very
1: rambly today so i do apologize but yeah um
0: but i i don't think there's anything inherently wrong with a few bands who do a thing and I, i mean i don't think Hatebreed would be capable of doing what Poppy would do, and no. that doesn't mean they shouldn't be a band. Do you know what I mean? Or they shouldn't. No, records. no, no. I, 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 uh, I never said that at any point. No, no. I, I, know, I, I know, I know. You didn't say that, but I'm just saying that I, I really think there is a place for bands like Hatebreed and all the other people that we've mentioned before. I mean, we did acdc the other week, and you know, I still listened to that AC/DC record quite a, a fair bit because it's just. You know to, it's a nice, familiar thing
1: to be fair with to be fair, I do agree with you to a degree. I think the only bit that I'm a little bit um bristly about is you said a few bands in metal uh it's more than a few it feel it feels like i mean there is such a wave of just bands that sound exactly the fucking same over and over and over again and i mean you yeah, can talk but... about identity as much as you want with hate i don't think they have any identity whatsoever i think they sound the same as a mil- like uh, thousands of other bands doing this kind of thing well
0: i can't agree i mean i i really 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 can't agree with that at all i i just can't but well, I just—I mean—from you know, uh, you have to go. You have to consider. You have to go back and go like when they. I mean, again, they, it's it's twenty three years since their debut album came out, mm. and at that point, you, they did haven't they? There's there's no denying it at all. It's a fact. Oh. They were very different from.
1: They, A lot were, of they were they were on. they were one of the originators of that sound absolutely mm. but but now in 2020 it just it just sounds so stale so mm. stale
0: well maybe i mean i don't really i don't think you can i'm not, you can't really blame them for sort of going burrowing on through and other people copying them and i think this is the thing that needs to be said that isn't hate fault that and when you talk about the lack of identity i i think you can pin that on other people like when, we, when I say like you say oh, there's a few bands, I've not got ACDC making the same album and it sound like ACDC. Ramones making the same Ramones album. Motorhead making the same Motorhead album. Slayer making the same Slayer album. Hatebreed making the same Hatebreed album. That's their right and their choice to do that. That's a sound that they've created and they've formulated and they've perfected and they know exactly where, what side of the bread it, they need mm. to butter. Mm. to, to make. It's, but, but when other people come along and they do make kind of... that. That is what adds to the kind of formulaic nature of those things. Because like, unlike a band like Tool, say, for example, yeah. who, I mean, I did a piece recently for Hammer talking about all the bands that, uh, that Tool were influenced by. And it's actually really hard because you go, well, not really immediately. You've got like Carnival. But apart from that, you go, well, there's no one really who really sort of sounds like Tool mm. because it's such a, such a hard thing, really, really difficult thing to be able to kind of pull that sound off. Because Hatebreed's sound is, you know, like we said at the start, get some metal riffs, posy vocals, hardcore beatdowns, whack them all together. Quite All of those things are fairly simple things to do. And due to that, there is this raft of bands that have come in the aftermath of it that really, really sound like them. That's not really Hatebreed's fault. I mean, that's those bands' fault. And obviously... You but, know, I, th- but like I think those if- are those are the bands who we don't even talk about those bands and they're the ones who you should really be kind of tut- tutting at more than you know the kind of the originators of that sound i think
1: but i think there's a th- that's probably a point where you should go hmm, maybe we should change up the formula a little bit
0: yeah and some you know and a lot of like someone like Korn did do that you know mm, death exactly. tones did do that um but you know, a lot of bands don't. That's the thing. I, I would. <laughs> I, I don't would have, want to.
1: There was a point where I would have said that about Corn as well. I would have just be like, God, you're just doing the same, retreading the same thing over and over again. But then, but then they did change things up, and and I kind of admired them for doing that. And um, I don't know. It's just, it's just not interesting, is it? It's just boring. It's well, it's, it's frustrating. It's harsh. frustrating. I I don't. I I like this album's thirty five minutes. So I was willing it to end. Um, I think that. Um, I just think it's a real shame and a tragedy when are sort of doing like the forum, and then you know we'll probably see Palm Reader at Boston Music Rooms next year or something like that when it starts up again. And like, it's just it doesn't make any sense to me. But there you go. That's the world we live in. I'm afraid, That's the world mate. We live in yeah. Mm. Uh,
0: I but mean, you know, I there's think no getting away from that. I've got let. I've got. I, I'm more upset by a band like say ask in Alexandria playing Brixton Academy than I am oh. hate breed playing the forum.
1: I think I am as well, but I think it's um I think it's our duty as uh, people who criticise music to point those things out. That's all. Hmm. That's all I'm okay. saying.
0: Okay. Anyway, weight of the false self is out now. It sounds like hate breed. Um yeah. let's <laughs> <laughs> <to> <laughs> the, just skip all of that review. I'm gonna put a thing I'm going when we do hate breed, if you want, you can skip to just this point and it will just <laughs> sum the whole record up in it sounds like hatebreed. Uh, our last album of the week is the Weathermaker series, Volume One by Clutch, a kind of odds and sods collection of what we've seen what Billy Joe Armstrong's been up to during lockdown. This is what well, this kind of isn't what Clutch has been up to, because actually the Weathermaker sessions uh, have been happening for quite a long time now. They've been going on a fair bit. They I started summer
1: 2019.
0: In, yeah. I interviewed Neil Fallon at Download last year and uh, we were talking about their cover of Evil, which was the first thing yeah. that had come out on this. So, um, I mean, we, there was a Mastodon one of these out a few months ago and I love Mastodon, as does Renfri. Um And I think because both of us are like, well, we're not really a massive fan of these kind of cobbled, sounds hard to say cobbled together, but these kind of hastily put together collection of odds and sods and bits and bobs, to be perfectly honest. Um, But that's usually because uh, Clutch aren't playing those songs and Clutch just sound really great all the time. So we thought we would cover this one because Clutch, ultimately, in it?
1: Well, we both love Clutch. It's a really tricky one. I mean, th- this is a oh, this is a tricky one. I have to say. Um, I mean, little peep behind the curtain. We didn't cover that medium rarities album by um, Mastodon, the B sides and odds and sods and stuff like that, because mm. neither myself nor Steve wanted to come on this show and say anything negative about Mastodon because they're fucking brilliant. But yeah. that in in terms of albums that were a total waste of fucking time medium rarities is right up there i mean what a waste of time absolute just dribs and drabs the most it just just barely anything on it worth even even bothering with i mean just an absolute travesty really um this weathermaker vault series i've really enjoyed the um covers that have come out and the digital singles that they've released and i did think towards the i thought it was a really neat idea and i thought i hope one day they collate all of those covers and stuff together and re-recordings together for a physical release uh because i think that'll be a cool thing to have and a cool thing to own i didn't expect them to collate them all together this soon though and i can't help but feel that overall they might have jumped the gun a little bit um this is weather maker vault series volume one and there's only 10 songs on it um there's a couple of new songs which are cool that uh new song passive restraint is probably the thing that's worth talking about the most yeah sounds really good neil sounds more like uh, the neil fallon from clutch's first album transnational speedway leagues um, League, sorry, where where he's doing more of a kind of um, it's more of a sort of hardcore Fallon voice, isn't it? Yeah,
0: well, I mean, I mean, it's him duetting with Randy, Randy Blythe from Lamb of God. And I would say, uh, if I may be so bold, that this is probably the best song that Randy Blythe appears on this year. Uh, I, I, I,
1: he sounds more fired up on this song than he does on any of the songs on that Lamb of God record.
0: Yeah, and it's a kind of weird thing because this is a bit more straight and a little bit less bluesy than Clutch usually are. Yeah. But Randy Blythe is a little bit more twangy and a bit more country than he usually is. Yeah. So it's a really cool kind of um, meeting in the middle. Those two, yeah, those two people, uh, those two sort of artists, shifting their focus towards one another a little yeah. bit. And yeah. I, I mean, I have to say, I, I really love that song. I think it's fucking great it's, I think it's really great
1: it's brilliant and i i never expected in a million years to be honest with you if you'd said to me would you like to hear a collaboration between clutch and randy Blythe of lamb of god even though i love clutch and i love lamb of god i probably would have been like no nah, i'm all right thanks because I didn't because don't, <laughs> in my head i just yeah. don't think it would have worked and i'm i'm i, I love the fact that it does. And, and, and because mm. they've kind of moved more towards one another, it does brilliantly. I think it's a really, really good example of a collaboration. Um, Fallon's call of, can you kick it before the guitar solo comes in is just sublime as well. Um, but in terms of like the other stuff on this record, um, I don't know. Why has this been released now? I feel like if you're going to do these odds and sods stuff, you want to actually i always complain about album lengths and albums being too long and stuff like that but if you're doing a collection of songs which aren't meant to be a record a cohesive record you might as well stuff as much on it as possible um and at 10 tracks i just don't really it just feels a little bit premature
0: hmm that's interesting. Um, see, I kind of felt the opposite about it. Oh, really? I was actually like, thank God for once, one of these bloody things that is endless, boring. I mean, we've all bought the deluxe editions of stuff. And we've heard the yeah. fucking demo, the demo outtake of this, and then the vocal, acapella vocal of that, and then the remastered version, and a cover but with no drums of this, and then the acoustic version of that. And it's like, God, this is... You know, twenty-four tracks, and nobody needs to hear most of it. Yeah, well,
1: think... d- just to go back to that Masses on Record. I mean, four of the tracks on that Masses on Record are just instrumental versions of songs you've already heard, and it's kind of like, yeah, is there really? Do we really need to hear this? No, this mm. is this is. Severe. serious barrel scraping you know yeah and I
0: think scraping. like people kind of like to go because it's B-sides and odds and sods and outtakes and stuff I can just whack any old shite on it yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and fill it pump for well you're getting 40 songs what's your problem and it's like well only three of them are any good you know, well, only yeah, three but- of them are something i haven't heard before so what you've got here is 10 songs and nothing on here is bad like no, you know, nothing on here that. is a waste of time i think there's some mm, that aren't- i
1: don't know about that I, well, I would say nothing on here is bad but is anything on here a waste of time do i need a do i need a so four of these songs are re-recordings of old clutch songs we've got electric worry space grass uh smoke banshee and willie nelson Mm -hmm. Mm. i think the the newer the the newer the song is i.e. the more recent it is in clutch's back catalogue the less Mm. necessary it seems i don't think any of them are essential I don't think no no that's true. I don't yeah. think there's much point to any of them, really. Maybe "Bar Spacegrass." I think "Spacegrass" is the only one where I go. I think I actually prefer this to the version on the record. Yeah, um, it's very good. Yeah, I really, I really like the version of "Spacegrass." A really big song for Clutch back in the early days, and one that I never really fully em- embraced, I have to say. But I do really like this version. But Electric Worry, for example, feels completely surplus surplus to requirements. I mean, this record is aimed at massive clutch fans like myself mm. and, and you and me. And how many fucking times have we heard Electric Worry?
0: Well, the problem is, is that, I mean, that's that's all fine and dandy saying that. The problem with that is, is that Electric Worry is so good.
1: It's, oh, don't it's get me so
0: wrong. It's so Good, don't get me wrong it's almost impossible to be impartial or or critical about it existing on in any form ever i mean i agree with you it's not as good as a recorded version mm. there are like full fathom five version of it there's i've got a live
1: yeah. I, I i feel like now uh, on physical media i feel like i've got like six versions of that song it's kind of like right <laughs> it's so just so good it, I mean, it, it, it is a brilliant song it's a brilliant song but but i just like i i think electric Worry was a weird one to do it's like we've said it so many times i'm far more interested in them redoing something like smoke banshee from pure mm. of fury that is far far more interesting to me or willie nelson willie nelson's a b-side you know mm. um which i don't know where it originally appeared but i it can be found on slow hold to china that that b-sides collection which i yeah. i mean slow Hole to china is a far more interesting collection all round than this is i think personally um
0: i don't, I know. don't think i've ever listened to that actually Oh, Slowholz! Clutch fan. I should probably go. Yeah, I mean, so this was actually the first time I'd heard Willie Nelson. I mean, Smoke Banshee and Spacegrass. I think yes, the the gap between here and the original and it was like, oh, this is how Clutch sound playing it now, which is cool. Yes, Um,
1: and in that sense, it reminded me of that Therapy Greatest Hits thing from last year. Um, Yeah, in that like, there's nothing wrong with this, but I'm not sure why it exists necessarily. Like, and it is, it's interesting to hear clutch of 2020 or 2019 whenever they recorded it do space Grass because it does sound different to clutch of 1995 mm. doing spacecraft um but I, it's also kind of like i don't know is it is it really necessary i mean is there anything necessary fucking hell
0: <sighs> oh god Yeah. Um, so well yeah I thought those two because I hadn't heard um, Willie Nelson before yeah. unless I think they played it live once when I saw them but apart from that I didn't even know what it was so apart from Willie Nelson uh, like spacecraft and smoke banshee I was like ah, oh, that's what they sound like doing it now electric worry I was like it's electric worry it's great just every i think every song should be electric worry (laughs) i would like to replace the entirety of recorded music with just electric worry over and over again because it's that good electric Um, worry
1: is one of those songs which is so good like it could have been written in like the 50s do you know what i mean i mean not in the way that it's recorded but like it's so brilliantly put together but i don't know i just I've got so many versions of it now. And like, I'm, (laughs) I'm, I, you know, everyone knows I'm a big Pearl Jam fan. I have shitloads of Pearl Jam bootlegs. I, I don't know how many versions of Alive I have, but I don't need another one. Does that mean mm. that I don't like alive no I think alive is an incredible song and and I think electric worries is an incredible song as well I just I just it's just an odd choice and and also mm. I mean h- hearing so yeah, hearing a version a that choice. doesn't hearing a version that doesn't go straight into one eye dollar as well is yeah. r- really irks me for some reason mm. it, it, it just makes me go ah there's something missing yeah. you know so,
0: yeah. that's true um run John run John barleycorn run is uh, another song on here the what what your thoughts
1: on that one it's cool. It was um, based on an old traditional folk tune, but it's been very kind of clutchedified. Um, I mean, it's been around. Strange
0: cousins, kind of vibes yeah. to that one. Which yeah, is yeah, Not yeah. my favourite clutch, but but on you know, in, in a sort of small doses. I think that's the thing with this. Is like it's kind of small doses of everything that clutch do. Um, it's been around
1: for a while as well. It's been around for five or yeah. six years. It was originally released on a split with Lion Eyes for Record Store Day, I believe. Uh, it's cool, but. Um, It's cool.
0: And we've got some good covers as well. I mean, Evil is a good cover. Fortunate Son. I mean, everybody's covered Fortunate Son. I think Clutch feel like the perfect band to cover Fortunate Son. I think like Like, John Foggett in Foo Fighters doing it is great. You two doing it as much as i love you too not so much yeah but um yeah it's a that's a good cover of a pretty obvious song uh, I, really, but...
1: to be fair i think it's a brilliant cover i mean it's a very straight ahead cover but it's, it's, it is it's another one of those examples of just a brilliant marriage between band and song um mm. we actually saw them uh this time last year more or less at the roundhouse yeah. end with this song and yeah i mean neil fallon doing credence clearwater revival clutch doing Cre- it's, it, yeah it's brilliant it is it's um, and, really
0: good. and ditto with zz top as well the i pr- mean yeah. they're absolutely the perfect band to cover yeah. zz top um i'm far more th-
1: interested in the covers on this than i am in the re-recorded versions of their own songs i think it's, yeah it's i think
0: say. i am as well i mean overall i would say like for me for my money I, I think due to the kind of the 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 brevity of it and the kind of the the mix between like hearing them do old songs and going oh that's quite you know that's what they sound like I'm doing it now a couple of newbies and those fairly like I would say uniformly good cover versions it's probably one of the better collections of those songs uh, those albums that are just a sort of hodgepodge of songs because like I say everything on it is Sort of worth listening to. I mean, when you say worth it, like when I said earlier, like everything's worth being there. And what I mean by that really is that, I mean, you're never going to, you're not going to skip anything on this, are you? No, but. When it's on, you're not going to be like, oh, for fuck's sake, what's this shitty song doing? No,
1: no, that's true. I just, I still. I think this could have been so much more interesting than it is. I think is what I'm trying to say. I think, I think Mm. that there is, there is nothing wrong with this, but it could have been so much more interesting than it actually is.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, I just don't, I mean, again, my sort of the, my bar for stuff like this is pretty fucking low. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. I never really expect very much from these sort of things. And, you know, you You know, I don't think this is not by any stretch of imagination an essential clutch release at all. But it's all right. Like you know, it it was it was nice while it was on.
1: Yeah, yeah, agreed. Clutch are good.
0: Uh, All right, there you go. That's the Weathermaker series, Vault Volume One by Clutch. Dare say Volume Two will be on its way in a year and a bit. So
1: just. Just just do some um, <laughs> deeper cuts is all I ask. Do some deeper cuts yeah. and some... Just do stuff a bit more interesting. Do a few more covers. That's all I would say.
0: Mm. Good advice. Right, next week, um, we ain't going to be reviewing no albums because it's album of the year time. Mm-hmm. Don't know why I said it like that, but <laughs> I did. Too late to go back on it now. Um, yeah, we're going to be doing 20 to 11 on mm. um, our albums of the year, which... I can't fucking believe I've got to do that shit already. <laughs> Mental. Um, <laughs> anyway, cool. Uh, thanks so much to the guys at Signature Brew. Go to signaturebrew.co.uk. Order yourself some beer. Put Riot Act in small capitals in the, uh, there it is, in uh, the checkout. You get 10% off. Go over to patreon.com forward slash Riot Act podcast. Listen to our My Vitriol um, podcast, which we did. And you'll be getting System of a Down and Toxicity on monday if you listen to this on friday that exciting look out for that and uh yeah join us again next week we'll be counting down the first half of our top 20 albums of 2020 that sounds like something from the future uh well it is it's next week that is the future um anyway see you next week renfrey say goodbye to everyone
1: goodbye to everyone oh.